What is going on, everybody? This is episode 361 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hello, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. We're back from the weekend. We're almost at 365 episodes, which means you could watch one episode of Pop Culture Crisis for an entire year. I demand that people go through and do uh, their own, like, I'm going through a rewatch. And they rewatch yeah. every... Well, no, they wouldn't be able to, do, to rewatch every episode because we weren't live on all 365. So they could watch clips right. from 365 episodes. All the episodes are on Spotify, though. Yes, you could right. go back and listen to a year's worth of Pop Culture Crisis if you wanted to. If you're crazy enough. <laughs> to do so. We uh, uh, And speaking of which, we're about to hit 60,000 subscribers, guys. So if you have not yet subscribed to this channel, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and subscribe to this channel. And remember to hit the like button on this video. Turn the notification bell on once you hit the subscribe button, please. And also remember, all Super Chats, $20 and over today, we will interrupt our discussion and we will get right into your question we'll ask it we'll answer it and then we will try to get right back on i mean topic. it doesn't have to be a question you can just add to the pudding fund or i love the know, pudding fund disagree with us or any number of things disagree with you i'm, I'm too i'm far too uh milk toast people to be have disagreed with. with you uh well people yeah disagree they're probably like yes brett you're not being hard enough on on these people right <laughs> It's usually what it is. It's something it's like that. It's hard to recall. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Mr. Beast is once again proving himself to be the Antichrist to a lot of people because he dares to help those who suffer from either conditions or who may be less fortunate. He has helped a thousand deaf people here, uh, aided in helping them here. And this article from The Independent is basically this weird semantic beatdown of Mr. Beast that basically says like, hey, it's great that you're doing good stuff and all, but you're not doing good stuff the way I want you to therefore you're a bad person it's not even granting that he's doing anything good he's saying uh, mr beast is actually hurting deaf people on the whole yes more than helping them that's the world we live in now it's uh people it's not enough to just do something nice you have to do something nice exactly the way other people requested otherwise you're a bad person so yeah. we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about richard dreyfus you may know him from mr holland's opus i know him from beethoven course, the movie Beethoven, he has uh, said that he has his own thoughts on the recent uh, Oscars diverse. You okay over there? Yeah, you okay? sorry. She's I'm, okay. I've been yawning yeah. a lot. Uh, I'm boring, guys. It's okay. It's you, know the, you, know those, boring. you know those videos where they, uh, where they show, like, it's like three hours of rain on windows and storm videos on YouTube? I used to use those to fall asleep. And you're just, like, yeah. cozy. Yes. It's like, now it's just going to be three hours of me talking and it'll put anyone to sleep. That's no. Not, my, my voice is far too grating for something like that. So Richard Dreyfus has said that the new Oscar diversity quotas make him, quote, want to vomit. So we're going to discuss that. Also, Taylor Swift is in her problematic era, right? No? Yeah, she's in her problematic white boy era. She's rebounded from her fiance, uh, ex-fiance Joe Alwyn with Maddie Healy, who is notoriously problematic. And I'm uh, loving watching the outrage from her fan base. Uh, exactly. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. And then we're going to go through... Um, we're... <laughs> We read a BuzzFeed article, and BuzzFeed agrees with us about some of the problems that Hollywood has, that movies have. So we're going to go through this BuzzFeed article, and we're just going to kind of freestyle and just read um, it as we yeah, go. Yeah, we're chill. Yeah, we're going to have a... It's a very chill Monday. I hope everyone is having a fantastic day today. I assume that some people are uh, either at work <laughs> or covertly listening at work. Like, uh, I've had jobs in the past where, like, you have headphones and you... Have, you 
go like this <laughs> so they can't see your headphone while you're that's more of a working. high school trick yeah right that works too yeah yep yep so we're gonna we got a bunch of stuff to get into so if you're ready mary we will get started i'm ready all right let's get into it first things first and this is something i am very pleased to to share with you guys the trailer for Oppenheimer from Christopher Nolan is out and it's actually I'm going to put it in the screen here it's really really good guys I want you to go and check this out after today's episode if you have not gone and watched this already I don't know if this is his first movie with Universal after his falling out with Warner Brothers uh, I don't know what other studios what's he's, the falling out about he um, about the there was a bunch of problems regarding the release of Tenet because it was going on during COVID and he just he got into a lot of back and forth with studio heads and stuff like that and said I'm gonna go because he didn't want them to release it on streaming so quickly and basically said I'm gonna go where my work is appreciated so he went over to Universal okay. so guys go check out this trailer my favorite part of it I think is it does a really good job of building tension through the use of a, the sound of a Geiger counter. Um, that, that's the... I wouldn't have noticed that the, um, That clicking you hear at yeah. the beginning, that's, that's a Geiger counter. And that's the sound effect that they use to build a lot of tension. And it's not, not tension, it makes it unsettling. The sound effect in and of itself is unsettling. And it does a really good job. And, uh, oh yeah, somebody mentioned Poppenheimer. I saw that meme. Yeah. I saw that meme. I posted that on my story over the weekend. Love the... Uh, it made my hair look like Gen Z influencer perm hair. I thought it was because you were wearing a hat. Well, I mean, because it's the explosion, right? but it looks like Gen oh. Z perm hair. Just a nuclear mushroom cloud yes, on your head. Yes, mushroom hair cloud. That's that's the Zoomer style now. I hear. It was. Uh, it was. This trailer, though, yep. I uh, I'm not sure how to feel about it. Yep. It didn't exactly. I mean, I'm gonna watch it because it's an yeah. interesting concept. But the trailer wasn't all that exciting for me. I'm wondering whether the movie is gonna be uh, patriotic or more of an anti-American theme. Well, see, I think it's going to be patriotic because here in America, the only time you're allowed to be patriotic is when it's against the Nazis. So the fact that it was the, the Manhattan Project and we're racing to out-nuke the, the Nazis, is that, is that out-nuke the Nazis? Somebody should make a song. Well, um, see, it's like, <coughs> yeah, the nuclear arms race. <coughs> I, I don't like that we can't be pro-America just for the sake of being pro-America. Nope, um, not allowed. I guess Top Gun kind of achieved that at its own time. Top Gun Maverick even intentionally toned down the patriotic vibes yeah. and American imagery. Well, I think everyone should go. I mean, it's got a lot of like, I, I will say there was one line in this trailer that really stood out to me as cringy. And that was the one he's like, it's the most important decision of all time. It sounded very yeah. this. No one at the time that it's happening is conscious of that or maybe they are but they don't verbalize it like that yes you know like it was the the way he matt said it damon was annoying in the trailer i'm sorry i don't like matt damon's acting that much do uh, you what do you think i i, I like Matt, but i love i love the born movies so i'm like that's Those I'm, are good. I'm partial to, to it's and less I love, of him talking yeah <laughs> and, and i love goodwill hunting so just, like in the, in the trailer i didn't exactly like matt damon's lines but no he got kind of he got kind of the shaft of being like he was unintentionally like that line was kind of over the top and comical and then the one where they do the line where he's basically like uh, there's almost zero chance it destroys the world 
like near zero near, like that line was it's played for comedy but it's not really and we're like Haha. <laughs> yeah like, because nukes could destroy the world isn't it's that, so funny it's a knee slapper isn't it i mean it thanks. does raise ethical questions thanks robert so i guess this is what this is taking this is the the building of the manhattan project uh, and all the work that went into wherever it was at Los Alamos or wherever they went to to do all this work. It's a very well edited. I, I disagree with Mary on this. I do think it's a very effectively made and edited trailer. So I do recommend everyone go check this out when they get a chance after the show today, of course. And also, guys, womp, womp, womp. Blade has been delayed because of the writer strike. That's too bad. That it, oh. it actually is too bad. But yeah, uh, it says it's forced to delay and shut down pre-production on Blade, which was set to begin filming next month in Atlanta. They recently just got the guy who did True Detectives, the writer of True Detectives, to take over this movie. And then the writer strike and now nothing, mm -hmm. which is also interesting because I don't know how much the guy who created True De the guy who created True Detective and maybe somebody in the chat can can help. It's uh, Nick. Pazzolato. He wrote all of season one of True Detective himself with nobody else and then directed all the episodes, if I remember correctly. And then he had help with the writers in season two and nobody liked season two, as far as I remember. Yeah. Uh, and then season three, I don't know how involved he was, but season three had Mahershala Ali on it. So maybe that's why he's agreed to come on board because maybe he's worked with him before. Okay. So uh, we'll see where it goes, but well, it, is now, mean... it is now shut down because of the writer's strike. So he uh, he's the director on it, not a writer. Yes, it's, uh, uh, so. it says uh, the, no. He's the new writer, not director. Oh well, so, yeah. I mean, just do tr a true detective all over again. Do it all yourself. Yeah. Well, he'll have show, to show the writers who are striking and that just write it anyway. They are expendable, yeah. right? Well, he's part of the same union, so he would he would have to write, to, or he would have to strike. Because he's, he's part of the Well, I thought movie. that it's like you said, all of the best writers are still going to be working. Yeah, but putting in work is not the same as like, okay, it's like you can keep writing a script, but it's just you can't actually act on it and put it into like, who's going to actually prove you that you like, to uh, who's going to actually be able to prove that you wrote it at this point? I suppose there might be timestamps on your Word documents that might show that you wrote People it. People are at like installing time. key loggers yeah. and writers. Could happen. Devices. You never know. You never know. Also, guys, remember that Hollywood has picked the weirdest time, the weirdest cause of all time to die the, for, as the hill that they're going to die on, and that's drag queens. This is uh, Haley Kiyoko has uh, been threatened with a lawsuit for bringing drag queens on stage in Tennessee. They just can't help themselves. She said that um, she was doing sound check in Nashville and was advised by local law enforcement that having a drag performance at her all ages show could result in legal action. They warned us not to bring any drag performers on stage. I was shattered, as you can see in the videos I recorded reacting to the situation in real time before the show started. Yeah. Um, I think that the cops were saying that because of like private lawsuits, not yeah. action from the state. Because well, yeah, the law otherwise they would otherwise they would arrest her. It's it's not law yet. Yeah, I think they they passed it, but then they they <coughs> went back on it because the judge wants more specific wording. Yes, so it's literally yeah. not even enforceable yet. So this story doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, um, I think she, maybe this is just a warning about private lawsuits possibly else, why is this the hill that everybody's <laughs> dying on it's so weird i it's it's this and the trans issue but it's i think that's just the logical conclusion of 
all the transhumanist propaganda. Yeah. Uh, really and in the chat... Uh, makes sense to me. Adrena says Brett skipped... Is, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. Says Brett skipped this uh, over... Skipped over this one last week. Yes. Uh, we were going to mention on this chat. story I was going to mention on Friday, but I forgot about it. And so we oh. can talk about it. And it's... Uh, yeah. Uh, the only thing I know about Haley Kiyoko, if I remember correctly, she had a song on one of A Dose of Buckley's top 10 worst songs of some specific year. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I just know that she was in Lemonade Mouth on Disney, I think. <laughs> that's that the I'm, only thing I know her from. Um, and... This is the same thing that Marin Morris did yep. um, and Kelsey Ballerini did in Nashville where a bunch of stars that tour there are bringing drag queens on stage to, you know, defy these oppressive laws against drag, which aren't laws against drag. They're laws against showing drag to children. Yes. So if you have an all ages show and you want drag queens to be there, just make it 18 plus. I don't know what's so complicated about that. Well, I mean, we do know it's so complicated about it because they're creepy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The things that people will fight for the hardest. Also remember, guys, that Jenna, uh, and also let's talk about this, Jenna Ortega, she became the unwitting victim of a bunch of pushback because they're mad during the writer's yeah. strike because they're all upset that she's a better writer than them, apparently. Um, I guess she, it says that she was made a scapegoat on the writer's strike picket. Yeah, because of her, um, because of her rewrites for Wednesday. So like one of the pictures, I think I still have it up I here. mean, they were what? mocking her for making last minute changes to the script of Wednesday. When, if you look at the comments she made, those changes were absolutely necessary. Yep. Like they, this is... What's so frustrating about the writer strike is these people think that they are insoluble, but they are writing cringe, garbage content that needs to be changed last minute because it doesn't make sense for the characters and they don't care about the source material that it comes from. It's not just the editor's or the writer's fault; it's the editor's fault for not asking for rewrites and not. Still, but how changes. does that even? How does that even get past? Uh, how, how do you even type that out yeah. and take yourself seriously as a writer? The the lines that she was talking about was like, Wednesday walks up to a, a prom dress uh, at a store and, and says like, uh, OMG, I love it. Or something like, oh, I'm sorry, Wednesday Adams said that? Apparently. Uh, it was just like the cringiest shit that pays no attention to context well, I, and, and that, needed to be changed, maybe not by Jenna Ortega, but somebody needed to step in. Well, that's what I'm in. saying. The, the, ed the editors didn't do their job either. Yeah. They did not step in and make the changes that need to be made. I wonder if those editors are out there picketing. And in response to this um, from The Hollywood Reporter talking about Jenna Ortega's comments... Um, they said the Hollywood Reporter's parent company, Eldritch Industries, has stake in media conglomerates like Netflix and A24. And the CEO of that company, Todd Bailey, is the sitting CEO of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Funny how that works. Hmm, hmm. Interesting connections that we're making here. And then we also saw this video over the weekend of Pete Davidson distributing This might be the, cr the cringiest to of the Writers Guild Like, strike. at least when Jay Leno brings donuts, it's like it's reminiscent of the old writers strike <laughs> like he, he did that He's, before well yeah he was there you so, know here we go my manager said this would be fantastic optics here's some pizza no, Mr. Davidson. Yeah, this is the writers, man. 
No shows without the writer. No writers without the shows. It's, a, it's like Chat GBT wrote that line for him. <laughs> no, uh, he's literally is saying it like it came from a script that was given to him before he did this. Well, yeah, but because there's no writers to write the script, they had to have Chat GBT write. <laughs> that's that's what's going on. Oh my gosh, it's so nice of you, Pete. So also, fantastic. that chick is cringing me out. Yes. Should we show, uh, let, let's show, um, what's, what's cringier today? Her being rude, uh, Anne Hathaway being rude, or Tom Cruise? Um, I think these are two polar opposites in Hollywood right now. Yes. Um, let's just re react to this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> You're sitting next to Anna Wintour at the Michael Kors show where you recreated that look. Have you guys ever spoken about the movie? From there? Yes. And what has she shared? Why would I tell you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan and I need to know. Because I know that you weren't there. Like that oh, laugh. you weren't there. Well, that laugh was kind of like to cover up the fact that she realized she had just said something very, very rude. I don't know. I think she was laughing because she genuinely thought that her comment was funny. She's talking about The Devil Wears Prada, and the interviewer wanted to know if she had ever discussed that movie, which was basically a hit piece on Anna Wintour, with Anna Wintour. Yeah. And she said, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you about it, because you weren't there. You're <laughs> but, not part of the club. Like, it just, it, she has made a lot of passive-aggressive comments to I'm I'm here for it. Before, but I, like, I'm sick of celebrities pretending like they're one of us. If they're going to be vapid, stuck up, and and superior, then at least act that way so I know to avoid you. Well, that's not how you felt about Ava Green when she called the crew on her movie "Shitty Peasants." What did I say about that? That's, yeah, but that but that's in relation to other people that she's working with, not the average person. Well, she's technically working with the media. Yeah. It's uh in in this and she won that lawsuit anyways. She ended up winning that lawsuit. Ava Green ended up winning that lawsuit. Unrelated to her being a bad person. I don't. I don't even remember what I said about that. Like what? Well, what? we were making fun of all the journalists who were responding to the Ava Green situation, yeah. saying like, "This is exactly what we want from our movie yeah. stars: is to treat us like shit." <laughs> like uh, that. We were making fun of that take. But was she? I, I guess the, <clears throat> the context I would add is like, does it matter? Like, has she ever spent any time pretending to be one of you or I? I mean, probably. Like, I, I don't know. I would have to I would have to look into both Anne Hathaway and Ava Green and see how much time do they spend pretending to be norm, like, uh, normal like you or I, and then do they switch between the two? The worst part about these stars is that they're more interested in being affirmed for their goodness than their talent. Yeah. So when they reveal themselves predictably to be bad people, uh, it's it's not surprising anyone who puts that much effort into having a public image of, of like a saintly person. Well, speaking of a saint, I have a Saint Tom Cruise over there and he won an award this weekend at the MTV uh, uh, Movies and Television Awards and he accepted it in a very unique way. I think we have the clip here too. So here it is. It says, uh, things we'll never forget. Tom Cruise's performance in Top Gun Maverick. Congratulations to Tom Cruise on winning best performance in a movie in 2023 at the 2023 MTV uh, Awards. They say awards, but it should say the rest of it. Otherwise, it's annoying. Stink bug right on the mic. Oh, no. Okay. Got it. All right, here we go. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for this award. <laughs> <laughs> I make these films for you. I love you. I love entertaining you. You know how much you enjoy it. How much you appreciate it. There's just no better feeling. And I hope you enjoy Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. It'll be coming out July. It is a wild ride. You have a wonderful summer. Thank you again for letting me entertain you. It's an absolute privilege. 
Let's see you at the movies. Tom Cruise rules, okay? And, and the best part is, is like, he, he still gets his, his promotion in there. Every time he says something like that, he's like, and thank you for going to see Top Gun Maverick at the movie theaters. I know he's selling me a product. He's selling me his, uh, his grace and his, uh, and his kindness, and I'm buying it every step of the way. But he also had another one. <laughs> For the king. But he, I think that he knows what he's doing when uh, he's pushing back on the norm in, in his industry, which is uh, detesting the audience. Yeah. Like, he knows that that's the norm and that we enjoy uh, something pushing back on it, which is like, thank you for letting me entertain you, which is a bizarre phrase. No, I, but th- like, I, I, th- I think that's, that's fine. It's like, what he's saying is like, look, you guys spend your hard-earned money on on this like thank you for allowing me to be the one to entertain you if you're spending your money you're putting your money where their mouth is yeah it, i guess it's just the way that he phrased it it was just funny to me yes well he also has stuff to say about the coronation which i did not a single i didn't watch any of this weekend because you know i'm american uh yeah not very patriotic of him no not at all Now, if only it had, like, the the MTV award, like, fall. I wonder if uh, King Charles fangirled when he saw this clip. Probably. They they played this at the concert after the coronation, right? Yep. Um, I saw some moments from the coronation. One was Prince Harry looking super awkward and miserable there. And then when he sat down at at his seat, um, I believe Princess Anne's uh, hat had a feather that was sticking up from it that covered his face the entire time from the, the camera angle. Awful. <laughs> um, he looked totally out of place. There was also somebody who they said looked like Meghan Markle wearing a fake mustache and glasses. What? <laughs> You're making that up. No, I'm not. Hold on. I'll, I'll find it. I had this pulled up earlier. You're making that it doesn't up. look anything like her, but they, they she said She had very that. important LA things to do. I'm sure. Like, uh, let's see. Uh, let's they see. also had a choir there with, uh, sneakers on seems rather informal here it is it says uh megan markle did attend the coronation but in disguise claims royal who fans. is this <laughs> who is this man sir carl jenkins oh come on <laughs> looks just like her what are you talking about this is not a real person could you're, totally you're be kidding her. me could totally be her right there wow yes incredible so she, <laughs> she really wanted to go huh she needed to go all right they could have gotten her madame tussauds oh also guys if you wanted more bad news about rings of power they have to finish season two without showrunners on set because of the the writer's strike how is that even possible (laughs) who cares it's just gonna be such a dumpster fire it's gonna be so much fun i didn't even know why they delayed uh filming it this long anyway they haven't it's been filming since november well i know but they should have been filming it before season one even released they're already contractually obligated to do like five seasons. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's tied to the fact that they knew that they wanted to move locations for cost purposes. Maybe it took time to get permits in the UK because it was being filmed in New Zealand and they Maybe. moved production to the UK. So <clears throat> there could be a, a longer process for film permits and getting everything. They literally have to move all the equipment over to, to England. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. What would you like first, cringe or cute of the day? 
Um, let's go with cutes of the day. Okay, guys, we're going to get started here. Cute of the day. There are multiple. First things first, Jay Dennis on Twitter sends this in. This is Aria. I love when cats do the laser eyes. Those are very lasery. Oh, wow, those are amazing. He's, it's giving Bucko. It does kind of, yeah, this In resembles fact, Bucko. Speaking of which, talking, there's Bucko right there. I was talking to Bucko earlier today. He was in good spirits Look trying to steal my food. That is, the, that is my favorite bucko picture that I've taken in a very long time. And I was only able to get him to look that way because Brian was like walking through. So bucko was looking at Brian, uh, which gave the appearance that bucko was making, uh, you know, wide eyes. Cats always know when you're taking a picture and sabotage it on purpose. Exactly. Let's do one or two more here. We've got this one from Chris Bertman. Oh, hello. yes. Eeny. Bert dog. Bert dog. I like the scarf. Is that what that would be called, a scarf? Bertman, I mean this in the nicest way possible. Your dog has nothing going on behind those eyes. <laughs> Ears bigger than its brain. Love it. And one more. This is uh, Sta Nebula. Staffy. It's a, Nebula? Uh, Nebula. Yeah. That's a pretty cool name. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. It says, my Staffy Nebula at the wholesalers when she used to come to work with me. That's amazing. You, let your, you, you can get your dog to come to work with you? Take your dog to work day. Is that a thing? I was I watching I think we this. were going to do that here. We were going to have a pet day. That'd be, I mean, I can imagine that being hard for people with, um, like, allergies. Yeah. Like, even Bucko, I get, I get a little bit of allergies. You just got to desensitize yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, let's do cringe of the day, Mary. Yes. Um, this one is just, I have no context for you. I have nothing. Okay, here we go. Arrested at the airport last week. Apparently, security doesn't like when you call a shotgun before entering the plane. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just the lingering. Oh. <laughs> That made me really uncomfortable. Do you guys call shotgun when you're about to go in the plane? Oh, oh, that one made me Get uncomfortable. Get the co-pilot seat. Uh, even though she's trying to make it uncomfortable, it's... it's she's even, good at it. She's, this is why I say, like, maybe women <coughs> aren't uh, good at stand-up. But they can sure, be funny in like, other ways. In other ways, I think they're good at doing, like, short-form content and okay. stuff like that. All right, I say then, Mary, we just get right into it. Are you ready to get started? I think so. All right, so Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast is once again in the news. Every few months he does a story. We've actually covered quite a, a few of the things with Chris, uh, Chris Tyson, all that stuff. Yes. That is not this. We're back on to topic as far as Mr. Beast and what he does for a living, which is just a, a weird form of capitalism philanthropy, right? Like Someone it's commented, capitalistic uh, Mr. Beast helped deaf people gender transition. <laughs> Real, by the way. Yes. It says, deaf people like me deserve better than Mr. Beast's latest piece of inspiration porn. That's their words for it. The inspiration, inspiration porn. porn he's talking about is a video that Mr. Beast put out called 1,000 Deaf People Here for the First Time. Um, also, I put in the chat, guys, I asked you a question. I said, is Mr. Beast a philanthropist or is he the Antichrist? Because I, there's nothing in between. I, I would imagine that um, the, the better version of it would be, is Mr. Beast... Uh, helpful or is he exploitative? And I do think that the answer here is that it's your, you can be both a philanthropist and have capital 
uh, capitalist amb ambitions, right? It's not that hard when you're doing something like this. In a world full of people doing bad things for money, what's wrong with people doing good things while also <clears throat> making money in addition? I don't think that it's even possible to do the right thing for purely the good intentions. Everyone has mixed intentions in doing the right thing, Ex right? Exactly. There's nobody in the world that's actually 100% in favor of doing things for yeah. other people with no gain. They're asking Mr. Beast to quite literally be Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry, you're going to continue to be disappointed if you're asking for perfection from imperfect people. And uh, from what I can tell in the video, he is doing a good thing. So he donated um, these hearing aids that I guess are some updated technology to a thousand deaf people in a lot of different countries. He went to like, Brazil, Guatemala, yep. Mexico, um, pretty much all over the world, and like did a count of all the people. He donated ten thousand dollars to them as well. Well, that's, in a in a few situations, <clears throat> that's the most annoying. Yeah, gave like, one of them a jet ski just cause. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like this is perfectly what you would expect for Mr. Beast's content. I don't. Like he, he recently did that video uh, helping blind people see again. Yep. And uh, I guess the criticism here is that uh, oftentimes when deaf people get a hearing aid, it's not a fix-all solution for them. They're but mad like, that, it, that, it's, that it's being shown. Are you shown... mad that it's a fix-all solution for some people? Yep. Is that what you're mad about? <laughs> what they're mad about is the fact that it doesn't show all of the uh, struggle and work that goes into making stuff like this work. But this isn't reality. This is TV. It's just TV and the internet. How would you do that in a six-minute video? You and can't. by the way, the they way that Mr. Beast pumps content. out content in a digestible format that's like highly edited, that has a clickable thumbnail, the reason for him having the fortunes that he does to donate them mm -hmm. is that content. Mm -hmm. So it's all a package deal. You can't have one with the, without the other. He he said, we got our hands on $3 million. And that actually just means like, I gave away 3 million of my own dollars that I have from my YouTube empire, which doesn't exist without clickbait. The person who wrote this article uh, fundamentally wants content that is not this content. But nobody yes. watches that content. I'm sorry. It may be more accurate to what your lived experience was as somebody who is deaf. There was also people that were partially deaf in there. I heard somebody say, uh, I can hear again in my right ear or I can hear again in my left ear or something like that. Yeah. And what you want is unfortunately as as good as it would be to get people to watch something like that. It's not going to have the mass appeal that content like this has. And then how would you get people to continue donating their money or yep. buying Mr. Beast's products, which would support more of that philanthropy to continue. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. And this person said, uh, it amplifies the dangerous misconception that hearing devices such as hearing aids and cochlear implants are cures or fixes for deafness. They aren't. Now, maybe that's a misconception and it's widespread and you could argue that the video spreads such a misconception, but what makes it dangerous? You're just echoing buzzwords that you've heard before from other activists. It doesn't actually mean anything. You're criticizing Mr. Beast for the sake of it because you're jealous maybe that you don't have as much power or influence. I know that a lot of people given the chance given the resources, wouldn't be doing the good that he's doing. Yep. 
they would be making the world a more evil place. <laughs> Which they do all the time. Thank you. Um, look. There are plenty of like shitty, slimy YouTubers out there to criticize. Yep. There's so many, but why do you choose Mr. Beast? Uh, you know, it's funny because calling it inspiration, but it doesn't make somebody good or bad to watch content like this. It's just content for the sake <laughs> of watching it. And all the best you can hope for is that while making it, it does some good for people. But it, like, I love that there's a lot of skateboarders who are, who are blind. There are legitimately skateboarders who skateboard well blind. And that anytime I see a post from one of those or the ones there, there are skateboarders who have no legs that do it without, that literally do it with their hands. And I will always repost that. And I don't feel like that's exploitative. It's certainly inspirational content watching stuff like that. But is it exploitative to repost stuff like that? I don't think so. I, uh, he, he yeah, he was like, citing all of these other videos that he calls inspiration porn and it's it's just odd to me because you're not recognizing that it's uh something that happened in real life mm -hmm. behind the video which was a good thing yeah. someone who couldn't hear before chose that they wanted this aid of technology that helps them hear that's a good thing what they if people want... misinterpret it or use it for the wrong reasons why uh why call the whole thing bad? Why throw out the baby with the bathwater? Because what they want, they, they don't want people to just care about their cause. They want people to care about their cause and their plight exactly in the way that they want them to care about like it. Like you make the terms, but yeah. it's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Beast, the one who has all the money, who is making all of this change, he sets the terms. He's yeah. the one that is the reason any of this is possible. So... Yeah. He, he makes the terms for how it's done. If he ends up making the content that this person wanted him to make, it's not interesting. It gets no views and then and no attention what do you want? Like a three-hour long documentary yeah. about and it? That could be made. That's just got to be made as a different type of content. And you can't complain when that type of content doesn't do the numbers that something like this does. Right. Nor does it make the people watching it bad or naive. I do wonder sometimes if people have forgotten the fact that uh, like when you watch something, thank you. When you watch something on TV, uh, you know, it's fake because, uh, or it's scripted, right? And even reality TV, people have a general idea that what they're watching isn't 110% real. And I think a lot of people still have trouble realizing that just because content is on YouTube doesn't make it any less produced than something on television, right? So mm -hmm. what you're watching is just fundamentally it's made to be inspirational. It's not made to be overly informative. It's, it's made to make you feel a certain way. And in that case, he's done his job. It's just it's that the person who wrote this article didn't want him to do that. Mm -hmm. um, this is specifically being framed as Americans attacking Mr. Beast. And I don't know if like American has anything to do with it since most of his audience that supports him is American mm -hmm. as well. Um, but they said, do Americans really feel that deaf people should remain deaf? Is there a, if there is a solution out there for them, we live in what we call the best country on earth. Shouldn't people who can be cured of deafness be taken care of? No, we, live in, a, we live in a country that values says, individualism. You should not be forced sure. to have that cure, that cure if you don't want it. And this journalist says the video fails to properly emphasize the element of choice deaf people have around <laughs> whether they want to use these technologies. That's not the point of this video. And it, you're right, it's not the point of the video, but it also doesn't fail in any way to make it clear that they're here by choice. Yeah. 
Of course, they're they they know what they're getting into. Mr. Beast kidnapped them and brought them. What do you America. think? Yeah, do you think that he just went around uh, Guatemala kidnapping people and throwing them in a white van and then dumps them onto a film set That's and a then fantastic... says, "I'm going to force you to use a hearing aid." Like That's a fantastic I... <laughs> alternate reality one that I want to see. And then Elon Musk responded to this and said, "People definitely shouldn't be attacked for doing good. Is it really just a question of money to restore hearing? I'm always looking for ways to donate money that are actually good. Perhaps this is one. It's very hard to donate money if you go about it doing actual good, not merely the appearance." Of it. And the person is right that the culture around deafness is very, very different. It is very much to them a community and a culture, <laughs> but that's not the point of this video. Well, you using a cochlear implant or like a hearing aid doesn't make you not deaf anymore. Nope, it does not. It just means that you have something that helps you yep. live your life. Yeah. I don't know what's so complicated about it. I could have it. signed up for it and got hearing back in my right ear and then I could have had something to say on this. Then I would have been allowed to have something to say. You're allowed to have something yeah. to say. That's that's always anybody can. The other part about this that's really annoying is he gets mad that he didn't spend enough time talking about American Sign Language, neglecting to mention the part where he does spend at least a minute talking about how right now uh, American Sign Language or Sign Language is a way that helps millions of people communicate even if they can't afford or have access to stuff like a cochlear implant or a hearing aid. But they get mad that he doesn't spend more time on it and forget to mention that Mr. Beast pledged or sent $100,000 to various charities whose job it is to help proliferate the use of sign language around the world. So it's like nothing's good enough. Why would you ever listen to people if it's never good enough? Yeah, I, I think that this attack is bad faith um, because he's calling it benevolent ableism, knowing full well that Mr. Beast is doing what he does out of uh, good intention in his heart. And you're not reaching out. You're just cry bullying. Mm -hmm. You're not reaching out to him specifically to like help him understand your point of view. You're using this article to talk down. Um, he said, you don't have to be unashamedly abusive and discriminatory to be ableist. Sometimes even the most casual, well-meaning actions can be harmful to deaf and disabled people. And we all know that this is the type of thing that promotes, the, that promotes people just not helping anyone. Because why would you want to go take right. the risk of helping another person if you find out that you didn't help them in the right way and therefore you're a bad person? Why would anyone want to get involved in that? Yeah, it's sort of like... Um... I mean, there's there's a growing problem, I think, in this country where people think that they can't can't get involved. If yeah. you're a bystander to something. Somebody's beating up a woman in a subway and you're just like, hey, 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 I'm staying out of it. This is not like my business. Like if you live in New York City and yeah. you're on a subway and somebody is antagonizing people on the on the train. Mm. Can't get involved. It's a bad look. Uh mm. You could get in trouble on the internet. And the, I think a, another part of it is like they take issue with the way he phrases things in his thumbnails because like, remember curing blindness, which is really just, it's a way of marketing. It's a, it's, it's really good language that gets people to click on your videos. Yeah. If you're criticizing that, you really have no idea. You, you would never get views on a YouTube video you put out if you're criticizing that. Uh, well, I mean, I'm guessing you know. they, they've never made anything that's They've never made anything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. period. Or, I mean, uh, they've never made a YouTube video or had to figure out ways to phrase things. They've never created anything. They just criticize. Well, that's uh, a certain segment of the population. It's an anti-culture. Yeah. Um, I think also 
not for nothing i should mention like i think mr beast gets attacked a lot because he's a cis straight white male yeah i don't like using the word cis because it's just like he's not trans but you know what i mean um he he gets hate simply for being a straight white male on the internet and being successful and people see that and instantly the the resentment grows inside of them they they need to take him down and yeah and and beyond just like what you mentioned about the thumbnails and stuff like that when they say that he fails to properly emphasize the the element of choice a deaf person has around whether they want to use them that's an entirely separate video like that's like if you're creating content you have to draw the line somewhere on how you make your content he could make that video but that's not really the point of his channel it's not what it's about no it doesn't make any sense you really do have to figure out where your lane is uh what the content you want to create is what you want to get people to feel every time you make a video like he makes a video like that what do i want people to take away from this and mm -hmm. The subject, the subject that this writer is talking about is interesting, but it's not what Mr. Beast does. So Yeah, I think that this is a tactic to like make sure that no one's attempt at being well-meaning is good enough yeah. so that they stop trying, um, which ultimately makes the world a worse place. It, Mr. Beast is just making wholesome content, and I am tired of seeing like live leak like ISIS killing videos on my Twitter timeline and I'm tired of seeing violence and uh, hypersexualization online. Sometimes like people just want to see a, a wholesome video that has no strings attached. And that does not make them a, that does not make them a bad person or no. shallow for wanting to watch that. No. Like that's a, like a lot of the stuff that I end up liking and watching on Instagram is all very, very wholesome content. I, I don't think that makes me a good or a bad person. It's just something that I like to watch. And I don't think you need to have like a better reason to watch it than to just enjoy something like that. If I have to have, be given the option between watching that or watching something bad, I don't think it makes a person any less of a good person to just choose that rather also, than watching like something violent. People who don't have the money always think that they know what should be done with the money. Yep. But you're not the one who has the money. So shut up, basically, yep. is my point. Um, and uh, if they did have the money, I don't think that they would be using it for selfless reasons. Um, or, they, or they would, and they wouldn't be doing it as effectively. Right. Um, the, the article ends with, here's the thing deaf people like me need hearing people to speak up alongside us not just for us in what way is mr beast speaking for deaf people yeah i mean in like said, we're we're into the we're into the it's all semantics yes yep there's um, a 20 dollar one right there oh from deuce boogaloo said if you're on a subway in nyc or any blue city and you stop someone from being attacked often you will be the one arrested and charged mm -hmm. that's why no one steps in the dude who stopped beep <laughs> is about to find this out. Are we not allowed to say that guy's name? I'd rather not. All right. All right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, I, I saw was just some, alluding I to saw that. I saw some propaganda about that guy this weekend. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, I was alluding to that because it's a broader trend where everyone thinks that what makes you a good person is minding your own business. And it's that, that doesn't stop anywhere good. That's how, honestly, how 
greater human atrocities happen is people looking the other way because they're minding their own business, staying moisturized and in their own lane, okay? Like, did you hear you, that, guys? I'm basically going to bring about the end of civilization because I mind my own business. I mean, philanthropy by definition is not minding your own business, right? It's looking for places where there is a need and trying to fulfill it. But I get the individual's reticence to get involved in that when people, when you go That's and do it. That's a different situation. And then when you go and do it and then find out that, oh, you're not doing it right. Exactly. Like, like why would you, why would anyone want it's to? It's always like, defend women. Oh, then not you d- try to defend women and then you're not doing it right. Stop mansplaining it's to us. It's the long house. Why would you want, why would anybody want to do that? I wouldn't want to do that. Like, uh, there's a reason. Dictating from the sidelines every time. There's a reason why I get, like, if I, like, I donate to GoFundMes or stuff like that because there's no strings attached to it and I can do that and not have to feel like I did something wrong. But is it the most effective way to help someone? Probably not, but I'd rather do something rather than nothing. But I also don't want to have to feel like I'm going to get lectured because I didn't help the right way. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just, it's stupid. And for this, for this case, look, we're in a world now where everything you watch, it feels like is negative these days. And can we really complain about a guy making stuff that's worth watching? That's, that's actually like kind and polite. And like, you watch that video and there's no, like, I do find the giving $10,000 away to various people to be a little bit like that was kind of a cherry on top. Like I, I find that to be a little bit like like he knows his audience and he yeah. knows they love to watch people just get ten thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he knows his audience and in the literal briefcase in, of yeah. ones. Oh yeah, it's like he like literally just like, <laughs> um, he actually goes to a strip club with hundreds and exchanges them for ones. What if Mr. Beast went? To- uh, and did a strip club video where he donates money to strippers, then everyone would have no problem with that, Dude, right? Neither would I. Because he's go. supporting sex workers. But uh, if you're actually helping people who are he, in need, then he goes that's to, another you know, story. Uh, you know what he does? He goes and he helps the lunch crap, the lunch shift strippers who don't make as much as the night shift there strippers. There are lunch stri- shift he, strippers. He, he, the day shift strippers are never as high end as the as the night shift strippers and he goes and he donates money for equitable reasons to make sure that those day shift strippers get as much money as the night shift strippers um i want to know if you think that a collab between elon musk and mr beast is impending them and pewdiepie all together pewdiepie probably wouldn't pewdie uh He's, he's more quiet on the internet these days He's uh, like, he, you know, you know what Mr. B should have done? He should have done a video where he, he reimbursed uh, PewDiePie for all the stuff that got stolen when his house got broken into. Yeah. <laughs> In Japan, of all places. Wouldn't that be great? I thought that Japan had record low crime rates. Well, yeah, not for, not for Whitey. White, like, they're going to. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got some super chats there. Grofty said, peck the like button. Yes, please. You said tippity tap it. Didn't know how I felt about that. Tippity tap. Not, not a fan. Why? Duh. Just don't like it. All right. Wayward Soul said, inserts hearing aid, Nickelback playing in the doctor's office, removes hearing aid. Well, that would be a prank video. That, that, would be a, that, that could be a prank video. Uh, Evan Perry said, Mr. Beast could have hooked El- Helen Keller up. Apparently, a lot of people are watching this show about uh, Helen Keller being hid by the, from the Nazis. Like what is the it's show? show? It's I don't remember the name of it. Kellen was watching it. Um, Kellen Heller. Kellen, yes. You know our coworker, yes. Kellen Heller. Kellen Heller is <laughs> watching that show. I uh, I want to know if they address the Gen Z conspiracy theory that um, 
she actually had perfectly fine vision and hearing. She was making it up. That she was making it up all along. That's a Gen Z conspiracy theory. Yeah, have you heard of that? No. No. A, it goes along with like went viral on TikTok. Like, uh, like the same are the same people pitching that the same people who pitch Hollow Earth. Um, I don't hollow, know if Gen Z is into Hollow Earth. Or ho- Hollow Earth sounds like a very millennial <clears throat> conspiracy. Um, maybe for Gen Z, it's that the sun. Used oh to yes, I'm up. sorry, Anne Frank, not Helen Keller. Okay, I was confused because yeah. like, why why would she hide from the Nazis? Yes, Anne Frank, not Helen Keller. Uh, is ho- Hollow Earth feels like a Gen uh, a, a millennial conspiracy? And yes. now there's Hollow Moon apparently. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know about that one. Yep. Isaac Martinez said, heard about a Vietnamese British TikToker when Yeats Brown, Yates Brown slammed a taxi driver for being racist. It was so sad. I hope the taxi driver is okay. Yeah, I love uh, bullying and attempting to like dox the lives strangers. of precarity laborers yep. <laughs> who like are barely getting like having ends meet. Mm. Let's do because one, they're problematic. Let's do one more and then we will move on. Touchy subject said, super chat to the fruition of bionic <laughs> Brett ears. Wouldn't that be nice? Do you want bionic ears? I, I'm, I'm good. I've, 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 I've never really... It doesn't... I don't notice it as much unless, A, I'm in a... If I'm in a room with a lot of people, I tend to either talk too loud or too quiet. Like I can't modulate my, my voice well enough because I can't hear myself the same way other people can. And also if you walk along me I will uh, I will like move around to the other side so that I'm walking on the side of you that I can hear so yes. we'll be like walking it, it's most noticeable in malls which is a place where you walk straight for long periods of time so I'll be like walking and then I like just casually walk to the other side for no reason <laughs> and don't say anything yeah. all right let's move on guys so Richard Dreyfus is in the news. This story broke at the end of the week last week. He is calling out the patronizing inclusivity standards that are being implemented for the Oscars. He says it makes him want to vomit. It's a very good Quite literally. Words. Quite so literally. Makes me vomit. Yes. Uh, so it, it says, uh, I think we're in the end game now. Actor Richard Dreyfus discusses restoring civics education and his fears for the nation's future. I didn't know he was such a big proponent of the Constitution. He wrote a whole book about the undereducation of the younger He's generations right. in public schools about civics, uh, which is an interesting thing that uh, not a lot of people talk about. I also love the framing in this article. This is a Breitbart article. It says, asked what he thought of the new standards, which are going into effect next year. The Oscar winner who claimed to really love being an American <laughs> bluntly expressed his dismay. They make me want to vomit. I like really loved being an American. Uh, it says uh, yes. he, he explained further that the, that art shouldn't be governed by the governed by the latest moral fad because this is an art form. He said it's also a form of commerce and it makes money, but it's an art, which is something me and you go back and forth on all the time. Like where does the art end and the business begin for yeah. a lot of this? I I think that. Um he's maybe focusing on the wrong things what should he be um, focused on I, I don't know like is he claiming that there's some connection between i don't know the interview i when i watched it it just felt yeah. very like disjointed it could like, have been cut up pretty pretty severely he was throwing out a lot of opinions that didn't have any correlation with each other but um 
he he also like brought up Othello and said that he would love to play because Othello that was in blackface, and I was like, what? Because <laughs> he he refers to the nineteen sixty five version of Othello where where that was done. But he said, you know, that that's part of the art form, and and basically endorsed it, and said that he would love to do the same thing. Which men play women in the theater all the time. That's true. Yep. Um, but then there's also the discussion of like, was that a mockery? Well, yeah, like, is that, like, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't qualify as a minstrel show, does it? Like, that's something completely different. What do you mean? Like, isn't there actual, like, it's not certain... not racial, qu- yeah, obviously, so, but, um, I mean, yeah, his his comment didn't exactly make sense to me. So he says, he, went, he, he also be, argued that he'd one... He'd be destroyed if he did that. He says one, he also argued one cannot legislate over the perceived slightings of others. Look, the, the art form is going gonna, is gonna to suffer as long as we start attaching statistics and quotas for anything, right? Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think he just comes from a different generation in Hollywood where that wasn't a consideration. Yep. But if he made comments like this um, and he were younger, he'd, his career would be trashed. Yep. I, I mean, yeah, but at this point, it says uh, Lawrence Olivier was the last white actor to play Othello, and he did it in 1965. Some teacher got fired for showing that in, in their class. <laughs> Where? Uh, in, a, uh, in a college uh, or uh, in a, like a high school? Yeah, okay. So uh, it says, in 2021, a China-born music professor at the University of Michigan was forced out of teaching a Shakespeare class and reported to the Office of Equity. Oh my gosh, the Office of Equity. Uh, Civil Rights in Title IX. uh, After showing the class Othello, uh, after showing the classic Othello to his class, which included students offended by Olivier's darkened skin. Okay. So he got in trouble for showing that film to people. That's bizarre. Yeah, because not everyone in Gen Z, Mary, is as uh, based as you. Therefore, they got offended by it. Um, he, okay. He said um, it's patronizing. It is. He says they're so fragile we can't have our, that we can't have our feelings hurt. We have to anticipate having our feelings hurt or our children's feelings we don't know how to stand up and bop the bully in the face. That's true. However, when I watched the interview, it was brought up in a different context where uh, the interviewer said this in regard to like LGBT, quote unquote, LGBT mm. books in kids' school libraries. Yeah. And he thinks that uh, that's a matter of public free expression. And I think... Uh, we all can find common ground here and say that there is no place for pornographic smut in children's school libraries, which is what has been found over and over again. Yep. I think that, once again, it's just like a generational thing that he doesn't realize that's a growing problem and believes that it's something else, but it wasn't explained properly. Yep. Here's, I, I'm going to put up on the screen. We all have our blind spots. Mm. Well, uh, I, I mean, another thing was he was like decrying the way that our political landscape has become so polarized and all the, each side is like throwing, spe- like spewing venom at each other. But then they brought up his old tweets about Trump where he's like uh, using explicit insults and you know calling him an idiot and all of this stuff and uh he's like straight up he gets asked like well isn't this you being guilty of the same thing that you're saying is a problem in 
the public discourse mm. right now and he was like uh maybe <laughs> he's he's like i'm gonna pull up the rude ladder behind me i get to be rude to people but you don't get to be rude it was to some people. crazy thing that he said i'm trying to find it right now yeah uh, i'm gonna pull, pull up <laughs> I, I won't I won't repeat it until I figure out. Here are a list, guys, of the framework for the new Oscar diversity quota represent diversity and representation quotas. So uh, it says right here, standard on-screen representation themes and narratives. To achieve a standard A, the film must meet one of the following criteria. A, uh, A1, lead or significant supporting actors. At least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actors is from an underrepresented racial or, uh, or ethnic group. Asian, Hispanic, and they do use Latinx in there. Really? Yep. Uh, black, African American, uh. indigenous, Indian Amer uh, Native American, or Alaska Native. Uh, Middle Eastern, North African, Native Hawaiian, or other Pacific Islander, or other uh, underrepresented race or ethnicity. I like how they couldn't think like of aliens. any others. So they just gave up and just said, or any other. It says gender ensemble cast. At least 30% of all actors in secondary and more minor roles are from at least two of the following underrepresented groups. Women, racial or ethnic group, LGBTQ+. I love how they say women are underrepresented. When, I just, when we just on Friday covered a story where Netflix is now 60% led by women. You're lying and full of shit, you people. So this year was... Um the 94th Sounds Academy right. Awards or 95th or something. Yeah. Only next year are they going to implement these rules. Well, that then by, by virtue, then shouldn't the general ensemble cast feature at least men, not women, if women are now the majority in, on things like Netflix? But then um, they're saying that they're only going to subject the best picture nominations to these. Yeah. Categories. Look, I, I read through them and they're so uh, sweeping and general that you could honestly meet these requirements without even trying to. But it's the exercise of actually trying to prove it, which is so oppressive. Like the fact that we have this like nannying bureaucracy looming over an industry that's supposed to be about artistic expression. Yeah. With a threatening uh, kind Do of... Do this or else. Yeah, or else framing to it. And the fact that you need to file the paperwork to prove that you're following these guidelines in order to even be considered for nomination, it, that's the problem. I see it Wait, so like you... as the bureaucracy being the problem. Any of these movies that were nominated last... Uh, this, this past Academy's award season they probably fit all of these categories and more mm -hmm. like abundantly but it's like the exercise of trying to make everyone submit the the paperwork that i feel is like so much worse yeah. than the status quo like, the, like which is said. just letting people naturally do what they're going to do yep. like inclusivity is already the norm in hollywood if not like Affirmative action has taken us, as you said, in the over-representation direction. Yep. So it says, uh, main story and subject matter. The main story, theme, or narrative of film is centered on an underrepresented group, women, racial or ethnic group, LGBTQ, people with cognitive or physical disabilities, or who are deaf or hard of hearing. 
Like that is insane. Like you're going to now legislate what stories can be told if you want to be I'm, like this is born out of Hollywood's old obsession with story with literally doing stories about LGBTQ for clout, which is what they did for decades. Look, they're still doing it. I mean, the storyline subject matter guideline makes zero sense to me because how how do you determine whether the theme or narrative of the film is centered on women? Yeah. It could just be a movie that's led by a woman and you don't need to categorize it as the theme or the narrative being woman. That debases and dehumanizes women even more to say that all of the stories that they lead are whammon stories and just throw them in that bucket over there. It's also going to... It otherizes... It's also going to create a lot of resentment for people once these things, once these quotas are put into place for the people behind the scenes. I think that the, a lot of people are going to get hired and they're going to be like, look, the, you got hired, but you got hired because of a quota. You didn't get hired because you were the right person for the job. Just by implementing it, even if they are the best person the job, for the job, it's going to lead a lot of people to be upset about it. They're never going to be able to say anything because they'll be afraid of getting in trouble, but that's just going to foster bad relationships with people behind the scenes. They're also creating minimums, uh, for underrepresented groups as casting directors, cinematographers, composers, costume designers. What if you're a what if hairstylist, makeup artist? What if you're a casting director and you want to cast a white guy and they're like, "Well, we didn't hire you to cast white people. We cast we hired you to cast non-white people." Because oh my goodness, how could you possibly cast a white person if you're not white? Because they're the racists and they don't understand that that's not how normal people's brains work. Right. I also think that a big part of the like what was going on with um, Richard Dreyfus is it's not just being from a different generation. There's such thing now as like terminally online, and I think a lot of these problems are the problems that are thought of by the terminally online. And people who just aren't constantly on Twitter just see the world differently. Like he can say all those things and not see the hypocrisy. Because even if he t if he spouts some crazy stuff about Trump, as long as he's not sitting on his phone all day, it might not register to him the same way. I guess so. I just uh, I don't think that. And this stuff is going. He understands the climate that he's even talking to now. And this like, stuff it's is so only far for... past um, salvageable. You yeah. know. Oh yeah. Well, they they don't understand that. That this, like whenever I see people who are catching on to this stuff now, when they notice it in ads, when they notice it on television, I'm like, dude, this is your like we've been past saving. Hollywood has been past saving for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Like that's why people are pushing towards new media. Half the uh, standards that they've implemented now are mandatory. The industry access and opportunities one. They yep. have a minimum for paid apprenticeships or internships and. Um, then they also standard D is audience development, which is about like people in the marketing departments also have to be from, uh, underrepresented. And when you groups. hire someone based on what they look like, you're going to expect them to only know or care about stuff that is related to what they look like. Right. Which as I said, is just as, or more dehumanizing, yep. um, than just letting the, the industry operate as it is. I mean, that's not the quotas and stuff. That's not how. Um, that's not how the civil rights era went about things. Nope. It was about changing hearts and minds, right? Well, they it's think not that about they can, that anymore. They think they can change. They don't care whether you actually believe it. They care that you comply. Right. They don't care if you actually believe that's in the what they're saying. That's the fundamental change. I think that's yep. 
like shifted everything is like it's not about whether you think that you're doing the right thing we're just going to force you to do it at gunpoint and because to a lot of them it's power it's not about actually helping other people because they don't actually give a crap about other people they just want power and they just want the ability to control everyone else and a lot of very shrewd people who are also evil have learned to attach themselves to good idea or to bad ideas I guess but to uh, what was once a noble idea has turned into authoritarian causes and they've attached themselves to the authoritarian aspects of these causes not because they want to make ch good change in the world but because it allows them to po take power over other people and this is just one phase in i guess a, t a continuing like timeline of changes that the oscars is implementing until some inevitable point where we decide we're diverse enough i didn't well i mean that we all know that that never comes i mean you would say that uh it's when there's no more white people right like that's really what it they is. want is that, that, it, that there's no more white people uh it's because that comes from no an american because that comes from an american culture of self-hatred um that I noticed long before any of this stuff was going on that, uh, I mean, is it really hard to believe that they would want no more straight white men who make up the majority or straight uh, white people that make up the majority of this country when for decades these people have hated being from America to begin with? They, there's always been this undertone of resentment from commie California uh, and people like that who see anything not excessively progressive as evil. Mm -hmm. Like it was always going to end this way. I'm just tired of women running society. Like, that's what this feels like. Maybe. It's just the, the professional managerial class, like post-menopausal women allow named me Karen to, allow me who to are bulldozing all other considerations. Allow me to take control uh, of you, but, I, but do it in a, from a cause about caring. I care about people, therefore I'm going to tell you how to behave. Like, this is what happens when women reach menopause without having kids. Yep. And have, not having progeny to worry about. It's like this hand-wringing and anxiety. It really, like, just makes me, like, cringe like it, it makes me like recoil it will never go I, and that's never going away as long as social media exists which is the format in which women do the best bullying women are able to control the narrative because social media is how you shame people now which is female centric so this never goes away ever you just constantly have a platform to complain exactly and as long as that exists this never goes away or at least i shouldn't say that as long as studios adhere to what these platforms allow to be pushed then yeah this never goes away uh, it's just a kind of a black pill yep uh i mean i see it as a black pill and i don't even really see what richard i was more excited about richard dreyfus saying like he's a fan of the constitution than the other stuff i mean like, i don't even care about the constitution that, anymore that uh that made I'm me too depressed to care, <laughs> to care about the constitution <laughs> He says, I, uh, I once worked for a guy who was making a film about the gangsters in the 30s. He replied and I said, why did you change this incident and that incident from re this incident and that incident from reality? Because the reality was so much more interesting than what you created. And by changing it, by changing it, you made it simpler and smaller. I totally believe that you can make a great film or a great painting or a great opera out of the truth first. He said, try that first. And then if you can't do it, then makes up some nonsense. But don't tell me you can't do that. Uh, or that history isn't that interesting yeah that was in response to a question that was just complete like 
word salad. Like, don't you think that we can use diversity to have a lens for a fuller understanding of where we were at in the past and like the movement toward the future and um, kumbaya? Yeah. Question mark? I, yeah, I didn't really understand that exchange at all. Because, but the person who said it doesn't understand it either because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It doesn't I, mean anything. Representing the ugliness in the past is like the only way to recognize it. If you lash yourself in the back Ugh. as an American. All right. We got some super <sighs> chats there. Um, sketch Therapy said, cures aren't the exclusive to faith. That's moronic. I don't know what that means. Uh, in re- I mean, I'm assuming that's in relation to the Mr. Beast topic. Um, I don't get the. I don't. I'm sorry, man. I don't. I don't understand the. And then said, the if point. doctors cure cancer, is that satanic? Is it ableist? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we were, we were making the joke about Mr. Beast being the Antichrist because it was about like, uh, will the will evil come in this form because he looks so good, right? Because he looks like he's being so no, noble. because precisely because Mr. Beast is not charismatic enough. To <laughs> enough make- he has. Clearly, uh, he he's just a vehicle for his philanthropic efforts. Um, people are, are praising what he does, not him. You know what I mean? Yep. Which is better. Yeah, keep the focus on the actual topic. It's better than people praising him. I mean, we were talking about Logan Paul, right? Yeah. How he made that video where he pretended to like be colorblind for clickbait and put on these glasses that allowed, allowed him to see the sunset for the first time, but lied about it and was like crying and shaking that you can say is like evil benevolent ableism or you can no, say not that even benevolent. That's just evil. It's some kind of like cheap trick yeah. um, that doesn't actually help anybody. Yep. This is totally different and in a different area era of, of the internet where we're a lot less gull- gullible. I hope. You'd think that, but I don't even know. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, when people watch this video from Mr. Beast, I don't know if they realize that it took four thousand hours to edit to make it look this way. And they do Maybe that not. because they want the content to help evoke a certain emotion from you, and that takes a lot of work. Yeah, it's just uh, I, I think it's getting harder and harder for a lot of people to tell because quality has gone up so high on the internet now. Spaghetti Warrior 66 said, we gave up on Under the Dome. I like shows set in small towns. Is Wayward Pines good? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I really, really enjoyed Wayward Pines. I also recommend checking out Jericho. If you've not seen Jericho yet, that I believe is on the same platform. They're both on, um, it's either Paramount Plus or Peacock. Paramount Plus. Uh, that's another one that you, that I would have to recommend that you go and check out. I really, really enjoyed both of those. Also, unfortunately, another one that got canceled like after a couple of seasons. I fell off of Wayward Pines when they they started showing the um, weird like teenager breeding farms. Yeah, because yeah. I was just like, I don't like to even thinking about this. But I I think I should go back and finish it because there's like a cool episode. Uh, people have posted about that comes later on where um the the one guy like unfreezes himself every what like hundred years yes to like check on things <laughs> there's a, i mean there's a, i wonder if there's uh if they got inspiration from that from an x-files episode Which also is, it's a cool concept yeah so uh, i do recommend checking that out. also if you can find revolution anywhere revolution was a billy burke 
show from like the same like that Jericho and Wayward Pines all kind of came out within three to five years of each other so this isn't a recommendation but over the weekend I did finally watch um the dropout on Hulu about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos Mm -hmm. and um it's just such a funny thing to me I I I think it drags on too much and like dilly dallies too much I like wanted to get to the juicy stuff but um, it's so funny to me that like we as a society just totally fell for it because we wanted to have like a girl boss in lipstick on the cover of Forbes. Like well, we're we, so stupid like, and embarrassing we want, as a society. We want Steve Jobs, but with tits. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. With like put put lipstick on Steve Jobs. Well, the, the, like, the, have you seen the thing where she like makes her voice deeper to yeah. sound more like Steve Jobs and she wears the turtleneck and the maybe she inadvertently. There's like a weird part at the beginning where she's like. I feel like she's about to like kiss a poster of Steve Jobs on her wall, but she doesn't. Well, that would have been more interesting. Like, like okay. that, that would have been a more interesting story. Uh, <laughs> Grofty said moisturize. What the heck? LOL. Uh, that's, you haven't heard that before? It's a phrase. It's in your lane, unbothered, in your lane, uh, moisturized, and in your lane. High Vulture 75 said, Brett, are you still watching the Terminator movies? Curious to know what you thought of Salvation. I have not seen Salvation yet. I need to find, like, it's not available on any streaming services, and I just couldn't bring myself to buy, like, to spend the money to rent it this weekend. Also, I was just, I had other stuff going on this weekend. But I do plan to watch Salvation because from what I've heard, that that's, like, it's an underrated one that's better than people give it credit for. So I am going to check that one out. I'm also, like, I've been very proud of myself as I've been slowly working my way through the Sarah Connor Chronicles which is because the show's only two seasons long so once it's done it's done and it's you don't get to you know never get to have the first time again I like that so so I'm slowly working my way through it on purpose I'm also going through one of my I go through these phases where my ADHD really really kicks in where it's like I'll start watching something and then five minutes later I'm like ew no and then I and and I do that for like three and a half hours where I go through just like everything I think I'm going to sit down and watch and then I eventually settle back on sucks. not not sucks it's like it's like because I can go back a month will go by and I'll go back and rewatch that show and it'll be great but it's just like in that moment I can't bring myself to settle down concentrate and pay attention to what I'm to what I'm paying attention to and then the shows that end up do speaking to me at that time always end up being the weirdest of the bunch. I did watch, uh, I rewatched like Great um, great British Castles or something this weekend. Great British Castles? It was like a Netflix thing about like castles in the UK. Okay. Like, like. Do you watch uh, Everything is Cake? I don't watch called? any, I don't watch any shows like that. Like if anything, I would like to, like I love the idea of travel and cooking shows because they're so inoffensive. And they are like until they're offensive. Exactly. Like, like the British baking show got in trouble for cultural appropriation. I did love diners, drive-ins and dives back when it was, when it was the <clears> thing. My mom loved that. Watch show. some old Anthony Bourdain. My, my mom loved diners, drive-ins and dives. So I like it because my mom liked it. So it's like a, it's like a weird connection there. Okay. All right. We're going to move on guys. Tell us about Taylor Swift, Mary. Yeah. So. You have to tell us because there's so much lore. There is too much, um, but I, don't worry. I'm going to inform you on all of it. So we already talked about it last month when Taylor Swift and her now ex-fiance Joe Alwyn split up after six years of being together. We speculated as to why that happened. Um, 
and ultimately came to the conclusion that she probably uh, either wanted to get married and he didn't, or he wanted to get married and she didn't. So oh, wow. they split. They split ways. Um, and now, Hate it when that happens, in Taylor Swift fashion, she's found a rebound, um, and she she always does this, and it's like. I can't believe that her fan base doesn't at this point connect the dots that it's always her fault when her relationships fall apart, apart like this because I don't think it's normal to, after six years of being with somebody, to move on from them in a month. Um, she's in a new relationship with Maddie Healy, who is the lead singer of the 1975. We've talked about him before because he... Uh, has gotten in trouble for he's a lot an of problematic comments that he's made. And uh, a lot of her fans, uh, Taylor Swift fans, are mad because of Maddie Healy's problematic past. And uh, it looks like she is going into her uh, problematic white boy era. I'm telling you, she's going to go like... She's like going for the bad boy. She's already had a villain era. Now she's going through her like trauma era where she's going to date nothing but men that are horrible for her. Is she going to become problematic by proxy Actually, of dating Maddie Healy? I love the idea instead that what Maddie Healy makes her realize is that finally he actually is the problem in every other... Like he's the one who finally helps her realize that she was the problem before. She's what, 31 yeah. at this point? You've had a prolific dating life. She needs to learn how to just not be in a for relationship. For over a decade at this point. Very long time of dating. Uh, and many long-term relationships and short-term relationships. All of which have ended. And you're hot. I think your personality is rancid well, <laughs> in that case. But also, like, I, I think <laughs> I, I don't think it's unfair to point out, like, the size of a career like hers would play a huge role in your ability to find sure. a success, to make a successful but relationship work. But at some work. point, you then logically have to recalibrate your priorities in life. Well, she's not willing to do that. Because you can't, at some point as Taylor Swift, you cannot soar to any greater heights. But anyway, this says, uh, first report from The Sun, a source close to Taylor said, she and Maddie are madly in love. It's super early days, but it feels right. They first dated very briefly almost 10 years ago, but timing didn't work out. Taylor and Joe actually split up back in February. We thought it was last month. So there was absolutely no crossover. This I dispute because um, she worked with Maddie Healy on her album as early as fall last year. Okay. So they probably maybe uh, rekindled their romance while Taylor was still in her relationship with Joe Alwyn. And then she made an appearance at a 1975 concert, uh, actually two of them in London back in January when she was still with Joe Alwyn, which mm, could possibly bolster that theory. Um, and then another report that I just saw from Entertainment um, Tonight said that they are just seeing each other and just hanging out and seeing where it goes which is is that even possible weird. at that tax bracket when you're that busy or that age like i, I mean, feel like in your in your 30s like you're either dating or you're not right i mean it's it's possible if you're in denial of like how much time you have left to, to make weird. these types, types of things work and taylor swift fans as you guys know are like QAnon conspiracy theorists they levels are. um they have found a clip of from following nights like back-to-back -back nights on their 
respective tours where they are mouthing a phrase at the cameras without the mic next to their face. Um, They think that they're saying uh, that it was like, I I know, what was it? It It's like, this is for you and you know who you are and I love you. They're so, Q, they're basically QAnon. The people let's who watch let's stuff. play the video because I think this was actually kind of uh, clever if it was coordinated because I I see the I see the words. Are we gonna get copyright for no. that? No. Yeah. That's that's pretty discernible, right? And then she does the same thing. Yeah, they're QAnon level. The people who okay, the but people that's, who do this. They clearly were, were doing something. Why, why would she be doing this for a guy she's been seeing for like a month? Why would she care that much? Why would either of them care this month they, much? They've been together for like a month. Well, it's either a PR thing. That that's what I'm saying. It's a, it is a PR thing. Like it, or... For her, when you've made your brand about who you're in a relationship with, it all becomes a form of commerce. Okay, but the question is like... What does Taylor Swift have to gain from dating Maddie Healy? He's the one who gains everything. She gains nothing. Yeah. So this seems real to me, actually. She's going through her bad boy She gains nothing from dating someone who has been in trouble for, like, racism, sexism, xenophobia, you name it. He's had the controversy. Yeah, but, like, a decade later, she can just be like, oh, my gosh, I was going through a rebound, and everyone's dated somebody bad when they're going through a heart after a heart. She could just claim it was abusive. Yes, that's all she'll have to do later that's on. That's easy. That's likely what will happen. Um, but, yeah, this is exactly what they asked. If it is PR, what exactly would they get out of it? For Maddie Healy, it's obvious he's way less famous than her. He gets a lot of fame from dating her yeah. or from people thinking that they're dating when they're not. Mm-hmm. But for Taylor... Does she get anything out of dating anyone? Because she's literally the most famous pop star right now and isn't going to leave that position anytime soon. Um, I think that it's real. Did you see the... That they were miming the same phrase in the video? Yes, I did. I mean, come on, that's real. Whether, Whether they're dating for real or not, that was coordinated. You were, you agree on that at the very least, right? Yeah, because that I buy that anything to do with relationships is something she can use for her for her work. So you don't think that they were just finding things? Oh no, the the Q. I like, do think that real. her fan. I do that think her fans are. I do think her fans are QAnon level people that see stuff and everything. But yes, in this case, that I think was they, coordinated, that was right. yeah. a PR stunt, real whatever you want to call it. But I don't. I mean, if it if it wasn't even a PR stunt and they just decided to do that because yeah. they think it's cute, that's really cringy because they're like... I think she froze her eggs. Both in their 30s, and I don't think that's like something you do I bet you she ends up. I bet you she ends up becoming the poster girl for in vitro. Well, I was wondering, like, where did Elon Musk go? <laughs> I thought that he was trying to slide into her DMs, but... They're both too busy. He just got curved. They're both too busy. Is he going to see Unog anytime soon? Um, his baby with Amber Heard, not confirmed. Not confirmed. Like he's the absent father. Um, I bet she's frozen some eggs. I, I yeah, bet you she not? ends up becoming the spokesperson for in vitro later on. Um, and uh, and um, what's it called? What? Uh, either in vitro or uh, surrogate pregnancy. 
I mean, that's what all celebrities are doing now. It wouldn't make her particularly interesting or unique for doing so. Yeah. It's just what what's expected at this point. Well, that's, what, that's another reason why she doesn't feel in any rush. She would be celebrated more for having a sperm donor baby than for starting a family and yeah. getting married. That's really sad. Yeah. Like, that's that's really, really sad. That's like, oh, you both got your career and got a family. You did everything that the feminists tell you is possible. Yeah. So recently, Maddie Lee was also spotted at her Nashville show over the weekend. She did, like, three nights of her Eras tour in Nashville, which means that the entire city of Nashville right now is just out of commission. Like, I would not envy people living there right now. Because yeah. <laughs> you can imagine it's just Swifties everywhere. Well, look, like I said earlier, I like I, I don't I haven't been tweeting that much lately, but I, I tweeted this weekend or this morning. I said Taylor Swift is an absolute Chad because, look, she had a, a, there was like a four hour delay on this concert. And while Sean Mendez and everyone's like, oh, my God, I just I'm not feeling very well. I don't think I can do this mm-hmm. tour. She did a 45 song show that went till two in the morning because she's apparently the only one left with any balls in Hollywood and. She's incredibly hardworking. She's like, well, that's like, the thing. Psychotically so. How can you have a, how can you have a, a, really expect this lady to start a family and to be in a meaningful relationship when you have that much work to do? It's not realistic. Uh, you don't have to though. She could stop working anytime But she that's wants never going to gonna happen. That's never going to happen. Because of her mental illness. Be- I, I mean, I it's not like she's held at gunpoint. She does not have to work anymore. I, I mean, I, I don't know, but like, there are absolutely probably contracts that are going to keep her uh, working for a certain amount of what years. What are they going to do? She signed, she signed Sue the her? contracts, and and then she has to pay out on those contracts. She's so what? She has endless money. She has the option to stop tomorrow if she that's, wanted to. I mean, that's a great idea, but it's never. That's not how. It's not going to happen because she's mentally ill. And then, but... well, no, and then and then people are going to say like, look, uh, I've been working for you for a decade, so she want to. But they're not going to phrase it as like you want to quit working. They're going to phrase it as you put all of these other people out of work. I guess, but then again, and we talk what about the, the actual. Gui- we talk about the guilt her. of white women in America all the time. The guilt would be laid on strong to her. What are the actual consequences? It's not about whether there's actual you know. consequences, it's about whether the threat of the consequences is enough to keep her working, and I think it is. I On know. top of the fact that there's just feminist ideology that's baked into society right now that makes to her, like, why would I even want to quit working? Why would I want to start a family? I think she does want those things, but Joe Alwyn didn't want it with her. Womp, womp, that womp. was the That was the theory. A fan theory. Um... I uh, saw a lot of angry tweets from Swifties. Uh, One said, this picture is so funny to me. Uh, They were like in the car on the way to her condo Mm. because you know that their PR teams told them to do this to redirect attention from the video of them buying meth. What? I love fake news. Um, (laughs) Maddie and Taylor worded the exact same thing. Something is up. Like at this point, it's a little over the top because they both know every move is going to be analyzed. I, once again... That was coordinated. I don't know if they're actually dating, but it was coordinated. Um, This is so gross. How could she be with someone as horrible as him after fighting against half the horrible things he said? It's so weird. What are the horrible things that Maddie Healy has said? Um, Basically, I I tried to find the evidence and uh, I I didn't find it. In this Slate article, it said that... um, he's made racist and insensitive tweets about Black Lives Matter. And when I investigated this, he actually endorsed Black Lives Matter. 
he said that uh, it, this was back in the summer of love he said in a tweet if you truly believe that all lives matter you should stop facilitating the end of black ones and then in that tweet linked to one of his songs uh called love it if we made it and everyone got mad because he was self-promoting and then he deleted that tweet and then claimed that he only did he only linked the song because he thinks it has lyrics that are relevant to racial issues and then he followed it with another tweet of the same message and then tweeted again with another link to his song and people were like maybe what they're really you're doubling down (laughs) maybe what they're really saying is he should have never had that ben shapiro tv on the screen at his concerts well he's made a lot of political (laughs) messaging with his shows and like uh, if you, from what you're referring to, I don't know if you wanted to explain that, but he has done like push-ups in front of TVs that are playing Ben Shapiro videos at, on at his concerts. He's eaten raw meat. He's made a lot of uh, maybe you should do like a statements about masculinity and feeling like a pawn to the left. He said um, that this the standard of never making a mistake is one that an entire generation has set up for themselves. The problem with Gen Z is that they've set up a moral standard that they can't even live up to. They're starting to realize that as they're getting into their mid-20s. When you're an idealistic 18 or 19-year-old, sure, but you will make mistakes, hurt people, you will do things that some people will will perceive as rotten. It's this standard that I'm trying to break down. I'm just a bloke, so are you. No one's fooling anybody. And uh, he said that he has felt like a pawn of the left that's had to prove how woke he is and how anti-racist he is. But he said, I refuse to comment on the morally obvious. I'm not proving that I'm not racist. I'm not proving that I'm pro-women. I'm not proving that I'm on the left. Because you can't I've prove done it that to their standard dance. anyways. I've done that game. I've done the work. I'm not interested in any insinuation that I am bigoted or racist or sexist for the enjoyment of someone on the internet. You know they hate that when uh, you say that you're not going to do the song and dance of like performative wokeness for them. So I don't think that this actually makes him a bad person. I think he's way too smart to be with Taylor Swift anyway because she's performatively woke all the time. Make for hilarious conversations between the two. I also sent you that clip from her documentary from 2020 where she's like screaming at her dad about how she wants to be politically outspoken and is for some reason as a 30-year-old woman asking him for permission to do so. That's not on the screen. Yeah, but we've not got involved with politics or religion. Yeah, but this is on the home front. And also, back in the presidential election, I was in such a horrendous place that I wasn't going to pop my head out of the sand for anything. Why would you? I mean, does Bob Hope do it? Well, why? women ruining society there's... see the way that they're triangulated right now where it's her and it's taylor swift and her mom against her dad who's giving like the most basic like good advice you could possibly give someone don't get involved she continues First of all, these aren't your dad's celebrities and these aren't your dad's Republicans. And a fair point. Oh, 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 so it's MAGA Republicans that she's complaining about here. Mm -hmm. Imagine if we came to you and said... Which is funny, too, because 
by today's standards, the Republicans of that era would be considered even worse than the ones now because the Overton window has shifted so far. All her dad is saying is that becoming politically outspoken could alienate a lot of her audience that she's courted over the years mm -hmm. by starting out in country music. Yeah. And she's like, shut up, dad. You don't know me. Yep. <laughs> you don't know my story. Um, and he was instrumental in starting her career. So it's not like he doesn't have any intelligence on the matter. No. Yeah. Um, she just is like a 14 year old that just had their political awakening and actually doesn't. It's know not a phase, dad. It's literally that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I don't know if I believe that it's that this is a real relationship yet. But uh, there's got to be some reasoning behind it. Uh, I can't because she of any. Ca this isn't good for her PR. No. Point blank. Period. If it is a PR fomance, he must then. be fantastic in bed. Like, so you agree that it's not a PR relationship then? I don't know what I. I don't care. I just. I, I think that the most interesting part about it is that any relationship from now on will be a PR move for her. That there is no such thing as a truly wholesome relationship for her unless it's literally kind of like the Dolly Parton thing where she married a, a contractor who nobody knows or could pick out of a lineup. Okay, so you're saying that for Taylor Swift or someone, anyone at her level, that the idea of her having a real relationship versus a PR relationship is a false dichotomy. Only because she's made a career out of bad relationships being part of her tandem uh, uh, in addition to her songwriting. So because relationships play such a strong central component in her business model, I don't know if you can have a real relationship. There's too much financial incentive for it to go bad or for there to be any amount of uh, interest paid to it at all. The only way I could buy that it wasn't financially motivated or some type of PR stunt is if it wasn't brought, as if literally and not just like, oh, I can't tell you about him. It has to be the type of thing where she goes to the people at the interviews and she goes, I won't talk about it at all. This cannot be put out even as a question. Because if you even make it a question where it's like, ooh, you have a mysterious boyfriend. Who is he? That's still PR. Mm -hmm. Right now, if she said before the interview, no, I will not talk about him. It's none of your business. Keep it out your mouth, as Jada Pinkett Smith uh, would say, or as Will Smith would say. Right. So if she did that, I could buy that it's not PR. But until then, all of it's PR and all of it's fake. She's probably doing it to uh, bring attention to her new album. Yes. Which isn't, it's, a, it's not a new album. It's her re-release of Speak Now. Yeah. All right. We got at least, uh, we got one super chat there. Let's do that. Uh, Deuce Boogaloo said, do y'all like my new handle? I shed the Clef the Misfit moniker to match my Twitter. Brett, do you get the movie reference of it? Not the breaking one? Are we talking about Deuce Bigelow male gigolo? I'm assuming that's what we're talking about for Deuce Boogaloo. Then it's... Yes. From the movie Deuce electric Bigelow. Electric Boogaloo. Yes. And Electric Boogaloo. Part two, but, Electric Boogaloo. But also Deuce Bigelow male gigolo. All right. You guys want to do a BuzzFeed quiz with us? <laughs> it's not a quiz. It, it's just a harmless listicle. Uh, we're we're going to talk listicles today. It says, it looks like it was filmed in dirty mop water. People are sharing what they can't stand about modern movies and what they missed about old cinema. Well, do tell us, BuzzFeed. Tell us all about all the things that people love and miss about cinema. They, they say I like a lot that of this is all like the most apolitical uh, <laughs> yeah. things that we can all get behind. See, pet peeves, movies that are product advertisements. Nope, love it. Michael Bay does it all the time. I want to see large uh, cans of Mountain Dew flying over the heads of main characters with the logo conspicuously visible. Like I said, but the now it's done so like I don't know. They try to pass it off 
from you. They yes. try to hide it from you. I was explaining that one time, sight. the the one of the episodes of the Glades where the guy's like really awkwardly holding the Reese's pieces. At in least front of when him. it's an example like that, then you know what you're getting sold, right? Yes. Versus how they do it now, which is like hiding things in plain sight. I don't like that. Uh, my other favorites are okay. A lot of the shows like uh, would do things where like if they got sponsored by a car company they would have a thing where the main character would like for some reason in an episode it would show them using like the onset navigation and show yeah. them punching it in i'm like this is not or on hawaii 50 when they would constantly use the tablets at crime scenes yes uh, but not just that also the the car the the his chevy like that like yes. he drives the chevy and then uh max the the guy who runs the medical the guy the medical examiner also gets one but in a different color also they did these hilarious subway spots where uh kamakona the guy who owns the the shrimp truck would eat subway and he would sit and they would literally tell you what types of subs he was eating <laughs> and the and the fact that he would get a foot long for only 5.99 or something really? like that yes it was the it was the greatest thing ever i it don't remember just, that it was just such blatant product placement that i can't even be mad but yes okay. they would always always use the cisco tablets or the or the skype they'd have skype and it would say skype in the bo- in the bottom corner on Hawaii Five O, Hawaii Five O had hilarious product. This is ironic. What we miss, good old rom coms. No, you don't, because that's straight white people, and you can't do that anymore. No more straight white white rom coms. The can't example do it. photo is even a <clears throat> uh, straight white couple. Yep, can't do that anymore. The woman is holding an Evian water bottle, so that that's a po- product placement right there. But um, it's partly due to BuzzFeed that we aren't going to have good old rom coms anymore because of all of the content that they have churned out into the ether about hating men. Yep. So thanks for uh, ruining everything for us, BuzzFeed. Uh, in the chat, somebody says, this is PCC's BuzzFeed era. We're yeah, our, we're in our BuzzFeed we're, era. We're I don't in care. our BuzzFeed era. Pet peeve is remakes. Well, <laughs> they even put Halle Bailey here as one of the examples, which is crazy to me. Like that's woke dogma. You cannot You're not step allowed out to question of line that. on that. Um, the other one is less... We need to stop remaking movies from the past 30 years. Disney is making a live-action version of Lilo and Stitch that no one asked for. It's completely pointless and a total cash grab. These are the same people who have been who have been saying, take that, you incel, to everybody who have been complaining <laughs> about remakes. Uh, they're just mad now because they're remaking or the stuff you like. The same like. people who are writing the headlines that are like... Um, we just found out that they're making a live action Lilo and Stitch and we're living for it. <laughs> we're like totally living for it. Um, Hand drawn animation. Yes. Well, that, are we that... going to have that anymore? Is AI going to. No, I, I mean, over? it's going to. I think for the most part, it's going to. It would cost too much and take too much time. We're just losing all yeah. of the soul. This one is, is a, a bit of a one I agree with, but at the same time, these are the same people who are also super woke, which is, uh, uh, it says, pet peeve, the use of big names over voice actors for, for these roles. And they did put uh, Mario, the Mario movie well, as Chris an Pratt. example because of Chris Pratt, but also Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy Taylor as Princess yep. Peach makes and Jack zero Bla- sense. And Jack Black is... Uh, Jack Black would make sense because yeah. he's actually a good voice actor. Yeah. The other two have they, they were just using their normal voices. There was no stylization to it at all. Yep. It makes no sense. In the chat, uh, uh, Andrina, Andrina, Andrina says the, they're trying to save BuzzFeed from becoming BuzzFeed News and Vice. Yeah. BuzzFeed News is already uh, going under, right? Yep. No longer, no yep. longer around. Non-spoilery um, trailers. Uh, 
that no i don't really look, care about one of the biggest complaints that they've had for um it, for hollywood for a long time is that they they, they spoil movies with the trailer meaning that they just put too much of the movie in there and what you can usually tell is if the movie seems like it's showing you too much it's because it doesn't have enough to offer like if a movie is really really good they don't need to give you a super detailed yeah, trailer. If, if the trailer is three minutes of the movie they're showing you the only good three minutes they made no because <laughs> the oppenheimer trailer was three minutes long and i have complete faith that that movie is going to be amazing well that was less uh of the screen time it showed yeah. other things uh and it's also going to be three hours long so um or close to three th hours long i think so like it's that's like another Happy that comes a little later here. Yep. Uh, animal deaths and jump scares in horror movies. I mean, they do look eh. animal. No, because we are in a society now that's so jaded that we people are like, I don't like people. I like animals. So they know that the ultimate way exactly. to garner sympathy is all of the John Wick route, which is you kill the dog and you're automatically on the side of well, the person whose dog was killed. That's providing John Wick his with his moral alibi. Yes. But in a horror movie, I don't think that I've seen many like animal deaths well they're talking more i think death. for horror movies they're talking jump scares not animal deaths jump scares i would prefer to like lingering dread because i hate really yeah like lingering dread horror movies are i mean jump scares are just annoying because it's like because of the way they have to be shot you can always tell when they're coming exactly the that's the, why i like them in, in so the i can way, prepare myself in the way the music comes in so um old fidgety fight less fidgety fight scenes yeah i mean that's the whole point of john wick right when when before shaky cam was a big thing we liked action scenes that were wide shot wide with very stable shot like i rewatched uh v for vendetta recently and i love the action scenes in v for vendetta so mm -hmm. john wick was really fun to watch yep i mean that's me it's engaged a, and it, i'm not usually an action person at all and that's because visually you understand what's going on on on, on screen for all uh, all the things I love about the Jason Bourne movies, I have to take uh, like a motion sickness meds before I watch it because of all the shaky cam. Mm -hmm. It's just um, not just not good. Pet peeve: movies being excessively crude just for the sake of being edgy. I can't believe they even said this. I can't either. Did Who you wrote write this? this? Did you write this, Mary? Did I infiltrate Ma BuzzFeed? Mary Am I the is mole a, Mary is a secret BuzzFeed employee confirmed. <laughs> um. No denying plenty of bad, dumb movies were made in the old days, but somehow they were able to turn out complete, interesting stories that were 70 to 90 minutes long, largely inoffensive and suitable for most ages. I don't enjoy movies padded full of cursing, drug use, bodily function humor, and naked humping, especially when it's 45 minutes of plot dragged out to two plus hours. Why isn't there anything between kitty movie and crude and edgy anymore? Totally agree. There is. They're called super. They're called blockbuster superhero movies. But that's, that's a kitty movie. It's a, it's a, uh, to answer the question, yeah. that is a kitty movie. Well, I'd like to so, know what they what do they qualify as a kitty movie? Are they talking this or are they talking minions? I mean, the Mario movie quite literally is aimed at children. Yes. Well, that's a, yeah, but a superhero movie is still a PG thirteen movie only because but they of the can't visuals. even decide what they are. Yeah. Like Thor: Love and Thunder has a bunch of needless cursing that I wouldn't want a small kid to be exposed to. Yeah. But at the same time, has so many childish elements like the immature humor that it doesn't make sense for adults either. Yeah. They, We're all just very like confused right now with the the tone it's for the protracted adolescence of like a, yeah. it's for adults it's just for adults who haven't grown up yet um simple storylines look 
this is where I, I mentioned a show called um, Private Eyes recently with Cindy Sampson and Jason Priestley. And that's because it is a very simple will they, won't they. It, it's a very fun show. It's a, there, she, he's a, she's a private detective. He's like a retired hockey player who can't seem to find anything that works for him after his career falls apart or whatever. And he gets a job and he becomes basically her apprentice and to become a private investigator. And the whole show is basically just bathtub will they won't they oh they so clearly like each other but it's so simple and you just don't see stuff like that anymore that's that wholesome and i'm all for simple and wholesome yeah but in in movies do you see the uh the same trend i mean what if uh, let's look at back at what we watched in the past year most of the movies i we've watched seem like they were fairly easy to follow not for me. I feel dumb like when I watch some of these Most movies. of the movies, we can tell where they're going. I would say that Amsterdam <laughs> was a little bit meandering. Well, that was meandering. I understood vaguely where it was going. But I think especially with like some of the Marvel movies, because of the multiverse thing, yeah. that theme, like I do get lost. Well, I mean, that's it's not because though. it's that's... a highly intellectual memento inception type of movie. Like, it's just because it's a stupid garbled mess. It's just because you haven't had to like you're going into it without having seen all of the previous material. Therefore, it doesn't. But I should be to able to. You know what yes. I mean? That's my point. What they don't realize is that people are supposed to be like, like when I watch the you can watch the X-Files movie having never seen an episode of The X-Files and still like it. And any episode of The X-Files out of order is still a suitable entry point. Not all of, not all of the... In my opinion. Not all of the mythology episodes are that way. I would disagree with that. But the Monster of the Week episodes, I mean, that's like in this video that I've been working on uh, where I'm pitching a show to people, one of the strong uh, like reasons that I, I mention it for the show that I'm talking about, I said, like, look, this show becomes serialized down the line, but when it starts, it, start out as, it starts out as just good episodic television, meaning that you can cut in at any point, and that's what Burn Notice did so well. That's what White Collar did so well. There are overarching plot elements, but for the most part, you can watch any one of those early season episodes and you can come away having watched a good story that was entertaining. Mm-hmm. And that's a lost art in Hollywood right now. You don't, because everything's made for streaming now. Everything's made with the intent that, oh, it doesn't matter if we don't wrap this storyline up because they're just going to let it autoplay into the next episode. True. So. Um, pet peeve, unequal marketing for movies. Uh, Explain years, that one. Years of marketing for blockbuster superhero movies and Disney live actions, whereas smaller movies don't get as much uh marketing pushes so they'll they're kind of doomed to bomb from the start but this is about budget it's not about this well this is their fairness. like utopian thinking yeah here, that's that not they, about fairness no it's got in but they think it is because to them it's all they have the brains of children they don't understand that's not how it works also generally like the movies that cost less to make also don't. cost less to market yeah. well could they everyone wants to have their hit of the of Joker, which cost fifty million dollars to make and made a billion dollars. Yeah. That's not the norm. Mm-hmm. That's not how this works. Um, what we miss the lighting, where you could actually <laughs> see the film. <clears throat> well, that's uh, unfortunately that is a side effect of the of the of the CGI era because it's easier to CGI in the dark. They the example here was the new live action Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. of course, because every still. Uh, that I've seen from that movie and, and the trailers as well look terrible. Yep. 
And it's, uh, it's because when you go from animation to live action, you take all the expressiveness away and the fun away. And like the fact that this is not real and that it's a fantasy away. And then you, you make the character who is a, an anthropomorphic crab into a crab. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just not, it's not cute anymore. Um, and the lighting is shit. Like I don't actually want to see this movie as if they're at the bottom of the ocean. Which makes sense for a movie that's supposed to be scary, which which should make the bottom of the ocean look scary. Right, exactly. <laughs> but this that's not this. But this is supposed to be for kids. Can't she put up some LED lights down there or something? It just looks bad. Also, the lighting underwater during... Um, Wait, what? Black Panther 2 was the same. Really? Don't you remember? Like the, the lighting, in uh, light, it was a little bit more neon, but not very light either. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and in the chat, they're saying Buffy was a great mix of both. Yes, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a fantastic mix of both episodic episodes and episodes that you have to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. yep. um, pet peeve splitting up a movie into multiple parts. That part does, okay, look, if... To this, milk the audience for more money. No, it's never that, necessary and never improves the story. BS, okay? There are plenty of stories that you're going to get complained about later if you miss too many important elements of a book. The I, I would argue that as much as they maybe didn't need to make all of the, uh, the, like the Harry Potter movies, like they did the last one in two parts, book four needed to be two parts. I'm sorry. Goblet of Fire should have been two movies. It should not have been one well, you, People are going to complain no matter what because you're going to miss things. And if you don't, so then, so either it's you make it too many movies and you're milking, and you're milking a cash cow or you didn't include all of the materials and you're not being faithful to your adaptation. So pick your problem. I would rather take the problem where you get more of the original material and you have to go to two movies. Mm -hmm. And maybe, and that's not just because Mortal Kombat Dead Reckoning is coming out soon and that's going to be in two parts. Um, I mean... A lot of people complained that uh, there needed to be more Harry Potter movies. Uh, C2 Gaming uh, says, isn't that a function of uh, seasons being too long? Stargator like that. Look, I also, I have a superpower. I do. What? I can just quit. I can watch 1.347th of a season and I just quit and I don't give a crap. Like, I will watch a show for exactly as long as it takes me to be, uh, as long as I'm entertained. And if I'm done, I don't, I don't care if it's three episodes before you the finale. You don't feel a sense of obligation no. to, if, or a sense of completionism. If there's a third, if there's three episodes left in an entire season and I don't care anymore, I will just stop. Mm -hmm. I do not need to finish it. I, I don't care. So it's like, I love a lot of those 22 episode seasons of shows. And I actually think that's a testament to how good those shows were written back then. Because if you can keep my attention for 22 episodes of individualized episodes, what does that say about the person who can't keep my interest for six episodes of something that's all supposed to be one story? They were also shorter episodes. I, I hate this trend where... Each 42 episode of a show is like an hour 15. Like, yeah. I am not ready to commit to that. 42, like that was the one thing that I liked about Citadel's first two episodes was that it like they were only 42 minutes. Um, we need intermissions. Thoughts? Um, yes. I'm looking at you, James Cameron. Yes. Um, I'm actually okay with that. So let, let's do it. Uh, how long does the intermission have to be? Five minutes? 
I mean, as long as they keep making movies three and a half hours long, or like somewhere between two and a half and three and a half hours long, I think we should have one. Okay, so here's another, like C2 Gaming uh, points out, he says, uh, I'm going back to the previous part of the conversation here. He says, Stargate has a great community-made list that removes all the fillers. Uh, hold on, it just moved here. That removes all the filler episodes. I loved it this way, and I don't need to see the rest. I actually, like, that's good for people who have already seen it the whole way through and want a, a short cut to get through the episodes that they don't need to watch again but I don't like the idea they did the same thing Kamel Nanjiani did the same thing where he was only reviewing episodes of the X-Files for his podcast that he liked that makes sense but he pitched it in a way that was like you don't need to watch these other episodes like no because some of the episodes he skipped were episodes I loved so why would I want to take another person's word for what is the right episode to watch or the right episode to skip you should watch it yourself and then make that decision. I wouldn't rely on a list like that uh, as a guide for an episode for a show just because it's got a lot of seasons. I would yeah. watch it all. Watch up until you're bored, and then quit like me, like a psychopath. But like, don't just skip episodes in between, like mm -hmm. uh, because then you're at the mercy of somebody else's taste, which might be vastly different than yours. Yeah. Um, another pet peeve was enemies to lovers trope. I am tired of seeing female characters just be total bitches. And the men are like, oh my God, I love the way and she's, so, like, she's a dick to me. Yeah, yeah, he's like simping even harder yeah. because she's mean to him. There are guys like that in real life, but they don't pull. <laughs> That's like in there, the guys like that who do that are like on, in these movies. It's, it's so predictable. No. And he's like a total Chad, but he yeah. loves being degraded. It's but just really weird. It's it'll never make Hollywood's sense. Hollywood's weird. Thank you. Um, but the, the, they do that all the time, and it's just an excuse for women. To, they're doing that kind of in Citadel. Like, look, Priyanka Chopper's acting like a can't say that word on air. C word. Yes, she's not a very nice person. She, she's not even a bad person. She's just not a very like. Nobody in the real world wants grating. to talk to someone who's that grating and that emotionally, like, cold. Well, specifically women. For the enemies to lovers trope, at least it's like both parties... Are mean to each are other? Are mean to each other. Yes. But I, my, my pet peeve was like when only the girls get to do it. It's like, like the reason people love the show Chuck is because Chuck is like, she's also very clearly into him and fighting it. Even though the fact, because he's a nerd, he's, he's a nerd who works at the local buy more and she is a spy, a beautiful spy. And he wears like his untucked white shirt with the tie. And uh, she's got all of these emotions. She's got these problems of being emotionally distant, but it's played in a way on that show where it's like, She's emotionally distant because of her past and the way her profession requires her to be, but she's fighting it against these feelings that she clearly has for this dude. More of that, less of this garbage that they're pitching. Mm -hmm. um, practical effects. Yes, everyone knows that practical effects are far superior. And get rid of it's the CGI blood. I am so sick of CGI blood. Squibs, squibs, go back to blood squibs. You're obsessed. Yes. Um, they compared Jurassic Park to Jurassic World. Um, mm. Thoughts? Which one looked better? Uh, Jurassic Park. Of course. I think that's obvious yes, to everybody. Obviously. Um, pet peeve, shaky cam. Obviously, we already covered that. Yep. Um, with Jason Bourne in the, in the GIF. Um, good erotic movies. That will never be made again either because they'll all be problematic. Every, sin 
uh, no, ever since Fifty Shades of Grey landed <coughs> in the zeitgeist, there have been no good erotic films. It always is some strange murder mystery like Gone Girl. <laughs> That's an erotic film for you. Uh, God forbid Serenity, not the Firefly film. Bring back the days of Basic Instinct, Wild Things, Palmetto, and Bound. Well, they just put a Fatal Attraction series on Paramount+. Plus. You can go watch that. Hmm. Well, we live in a sexless society, so well, because, well, you're never going to see that. Can you? Okay, somebody yeah. asked before, how do you define the term sexless? Like, if, like, when you say sexless, what do you mean? Oh, my gosh. Um, I just do the, I say that based on my, my intuition, honestly. I don't, like, have some Your interpretation of, of a person's but, personality. Yeah, like Taylor Swift. When I look at her, I just think, like, there's no way you're, that she re- she, she, you're able to reproduce she like. just just doesn't budget the time for it she's like she's like yeah sex would be great but i'm busy she today. could very well have a hysterectomy no like like um, i could see that as something where it's like literally she's she's such a robot about her career that she's like i would certainly love to have sex but i'm booked until friday the i think that the influence of of birth control and abortion which is treated as birth control um that remove the all the risk from having sex in society anymore that has made sex sterile and boring in a Therefore, lot of ways. And there you have to inject the, the Fifty Shades of Grey, the yeah. BDSM, all mm. of the accoutrement until it's just unrecognizable from its natural form. And the like, what is the real pull of a neurotic thriller when there's so much degrading sexual content that's posted for all the... Like I said, euphoria is degrading in a lot of ways, mm, right? Yes. So it's like, what is the pull of the... And even weirder because it's <clears throat> about kids. That too. But also think like, for something like this, back when these were made, we were a more... We may be a sexless society, but we're not a more moral society. So uh, a society, a repressed 19... 1980 sexually uh, sexually repressed 1980s America still in the throes of a of a Catholic majority plays very differently to a movie like Basic Instinct than it would today. Sure. So that makes that makes. Well, more by sense the way, we never had a Catholic majority in this country. <laughs> you under, I'm saying that the that those beliefs were still prevalent. A Christian or pure Christian. Yes, uh, I'm sorry, but you understand what I'm saying. A, a more yeah, religiously yeah, yeah. influenced society than we have now. But then it's like, what do you have to rebel against anymore? Yeah. Everything is all out in the open. Yep. Um, and that's when you get like pal- polyamory and all of this other gross stuff. Pet peeve, barely being able to hear the dialogue. You leave we Christopher have, Nolan out your mouth. We have talked about this at length. Um, the dialogue, volume, and enunciation can be pretty bad in modern movies. My hearing is fine, yet the dialogue can be so quiet in certain movies and enunciated so poorly. I literally have no idea what's being said, regardless of how much I turn up the volume. Thank God for subtitles. There it is, the Gen Z obsession with subtitles. Or is it an attention span thing? Um, I, I mean, I, I think it could be a little bit of both. Campy action movies. Uh, are we ever going to get a James Bond back? <sighs> they claim it's too Americanized. We've got a super chat from High Voltage 75. I have a theory about people like Taylor. She's reached a point where she's become addicted to all the adulation and she fears that it will go away if she stops working. No room for a real relationship. Well, I'll, like, I- like That's... and thank you for the super chat. Also, guys, we're getting close to a crisis party. I have a special Alec Baldwin crisis party sound effect this week. I'm so excited for people to oh, hear it. Oh, this um, is fun. Yes, um, but like, look, how does it go? Like, if you're Taylor Swift and every night you step on stage and fifty thousand people scream for you, how does a person compete with that? 
it's very hard to compete with that in a society that puts as much effect on as much influence on the importance of being shown adulation through social media the problem is that all of those fans think that they know her and they talk about like you know this isn't this isn't the taylor that we know and love but they don't know her mm. so i think like the ad adulation that she receives from them is shallow at the end of the day and she knows that deep down uh, and it's not but, fulfilling but in that moment when you're on stage like pro wrestlers talk about this all the time they say there is no feeling in the world like being in front of a live audience that's cheering for you. There's nothing like it. And if you're at a level like hers, sure, you might be jaded a little bit, but I could absolutely see you getting addicted to the feeling of it. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think at the end of the day, it's not fulfilling in that she will be searching and pondering for something else. It's, uh, I mean, maybe, but at the same time, then, then that's almost like a trap, right? So you're searching for something else and none of these men are matching up to it or matching the hype. None, nobody's bringing you that feeling that you were feeling before. I'll tell you, nobody is in this many failed relationships because they're a hopeless romantic. <laughs> it's because you have severe and I don't personality any, issues. And I don't think are... there's anything wrong with loving to perform. Like, like no. she loves her job and there's nothing wrong with that. No, but I don't think you should love your job uh, so much that you can't be in a stable functioning but what relationship. If she doesn't, I mean, if she doesn't want that, though, that's, that's not our business. What is that? But the problem, like, if she doesn't want that, though, that's not our business. But she's I'm also made that it, as a generalization. Yeah. And she's made it, uh, like, it, it would be one thing if that was how she felt and all her music wasn't based on it. But all her music is based on relationships. Yeah. And it wasn't you can argue it's not profitable to be in one relationship for six years that's what she did yeah um even though her reputation is anything but that stability yep. um so they said what we miss is campy action movies and um <sighs> i'm with them they said there's no charm left to the james bond franchise well, the yeah, roger moore era will always be the best simply because it didn't take itself too seriously and wasn't afraid of being silly i think that pierce brosnan found a perfect middle ground between, especially once they got into the gadgets a little bit more, but Pierce Brosnan was able to keep it serious without making it over the top serious. The, the, uh, the current Bond, all of the stuff we've seen through from Daniel Craig was all so damn depressing. It's all so depressing yeah. and I don't need, but that's because they made him fall in love. I don't want James Bond to fall in love. Sorry, I don't. I want him to have sex with random women and like and go on missions with gadgets that's what i want yeah stick to what works yep. pet peeve prequel sequel remake cycle every um, time it's just like richard dreyfus said yep. sequels are death yes he literally said that um what we miss joke credits at the end in like the late 80s early 90s it was common in comedies to add joke credits. Oh, my favorite is um, I love uh, I love when they would end a show on a on a, on a like a, a freeze frame. A freeze frame. Yeah. The Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles two movie ended uh, on a freeze frame. I love it. Um, excessive and pointless vomiting. Not another teen movie is getting called out here. Yeah, I'm not a I, I'm not a fan of bodily function humor, but that's just a personal preference. Yeah. Nope. Um. And that's that's it. All right. Look, they're right about most of these. It's just funny that they like they don't why get why. Though? Why but like they're they're like they're like uh oh we're about to we're about to get closed down too. We better go anti woke. Is it that? I don't think so. I, I think I think what this proves here is that both sides don't realize that there's middle ground 
that we could all agree on. Now, granted, they didn't mention in this list that uh, political messaging in films is something that turns off mainstream audiences, which is true. Yeah. Because yeah, that they're BuzzFeed nice, and they can't that mention been that. A, that would have been a nice mention if they had mentioned that. But this is a pretty extensive list, and I agree with most of the points that were made in it. Oh, it looks like we did get a crisis party, so it will happen. I'm excited. I'm ready to get Thank you guys. used by Alex it's, Baldwin. It's, it's not too bad, but it's this one. This is the one where Kellen gets co-creator credit on this oh. one because the uh, certain parts were his idea okay. that I went go yes, that's fantastic. I think this list does prove that there's more middle ground there than people realize. That the things that we're sick of are the same things that a lot of other people are sick of who would never watch our content. Mm -hmm. Like the things that everyone dislikes are universal concepts that everyone yeah. can agree on. So, yeah. all right, we got a couple of super chats there. C2 Gaming said, thanks for entertaining, entertaining my opinion. Well, thank you. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Like I, I, I enjoyed reading that. Those were some good takes. Derek Nall said, hot take, my fave campy action movie is Last Action Hero. Oh my God, I haven't seen that in so long. I need to, I need to rewatch Last Action Hero and I need to rewatch Cliffhanger because they're making a Cliffhanger sequel oh. <laughs> soon. <laughs> uh, DC uh, and C said, come on, dude, Brazen was in some terrible bonds. Well, that's like your opinion, man. Um, for all its faults, yeah, Die Another Day was not a good movie. I still enjoy it because it's a campy action movie. It's just got horrible CGI, and it's not very good. I still enjoy it. Like, uh, that's the thing. People get, like, there is nobody more willing to tell you that there's no way but the highway but the nerds. Like people on the internet, like meaning comic book nerds and stuff like that, and people in these spaces love to tell you what you're allowed to like and what you're not not allowed to like. DC and uh, in DC, I'm not saying you. I'm saying that I was watching stuff this weekend. Um, there was like an announcement that the show SWAT had been canceled, and it was just nine thousand comments of people being like, "Your grandma will be so angry," and they're like, and like ten thousand comments are like, "Who cares?" I didn't give up my life. It's Mel Gibson, too. And Alec Baldwin. I wasn't able to make that. Bad one, Alec. Not good at all. Okay, I literally only got Rude Little Pig and gunshots. <laughs> I made out none of the rest of that. Uh, the, the first part was Alec, uh, was Mel Gibson when he, was get, when he got caught on the voicemail. Um... Back in the day with the anti-Semitic rant and oh. yelling at his wife. Can you put that on YouTube? Uh, I mean, I found the clips on YouTube, so yes. What, wait, what did he say in it? Oh, I didn't, no, I didn't play that part in there. Okay. I, I played just the part where he says, I had to give up my Laker tickets, and I mixed it with the Bill Burr quote, okay. referencing the same point when he said it in, in an old stand-up bit. But I just noticed, I'm sorry, guys, but there's a lot of people that want to tell you what you're allowed to like. Because they're like, oh, it's a bad movie. You're not allowed to like that. Or somehow your opinion means less because you like some movie that's bad. I say no. BS. You're allowed to like whatever you want to like. There are people that like woke movies that we don't, that we would hate. That's still their right to like those movies for their own reasons. That's the beauty of the subjectivity I mean, of art. When people say you're not allowed to like that or you're not allowed to dislike that, what they really mean is just I'm going to give you a bunch of shit for it, which is 
your responsibility to ignore them. <laughs> it's, but no, I actually disagree. No, there's a lot of people who will say it as fact. They will frame it as fact okay. because the movie, because they're taking a different lesson from, or they're making a different point. You're making a point that I like this movie. They're making a point that this is a bad movie. Plenty of people like bad movies and that's okay. Well, yeah. It's, it just means that either they want to yell at you or they simply don't understand English and don't understand the context of what you're saying or they're willfully ignoring it. Like when I say I love this movie, I don't want to have to contextualize every time. And I know that historically speaking, most of the critics and the audiences find this to be a less than enjoyable movie. That is my disclaimer for saying I like this movie. Kick rocks. I don't need to say that every time. I want to I want to tell you that I like a movie that other people don't like. Just me. Go off, Brett. Spaghetti Warrior said, agreeing with Brett, how could you have a normal relationship with millions of people always praising and loving you? Big influencers will also feel this. I mean, I guess the goal would be that you have to find something something fulfilling in that relationship that can't be provided by those other people. But that also means that we need to stop looking at relationships as a means of finding someone that just makes us feel good and find the other aspects of a relationship that matter. Thousands of people screaming your name and praising you (coughs) and buying your merch and streaming your music is never going to give you the the ability to have a family. But but then but, but we've divorced different. we've divorced the connections between having a relationship um, and having a family because so much of it now is about sex and not about actually building a life together. DC and C said you're not allowed to like pop culture. No, <laughs> winky yeah. face. Look, if anybody tells you that, you tell them they're wrong and that you are in fact allowed to like pop culture crisis. Even if all, all I do every day is make people cringe, I don't know you if are anyone hates to, us that much. I, is that like a badge of honor to be hated that much? Do we have haters? That would be there. There are haters. I'm sure there. Oh. I'm sure there are plenty of haters. That's fine. Uh, like, but I, I guess you do. You you figure out the size of your reach by how many haters you have. So maybe one day we'll have more haters and we'll know we've done. Yeah, we need the haters to step up their game. Yep. All right, guys. Before we go, thank you again so much. Uh, we are almost to sixty thousand subscribers. So this is my reminder again: if you are not subscribed right now, go and subscribe to this channel and like this video if you have not done so already. We appreciate it very much. Turn the notification bell on once you subscribe to this channel. It's going to help us in the algorithm if you leave a comment on this video as well. So, Mary, where can they find you? You can send me validation on Instagram at Mary Archived or send me hate on Twitter. That is also Mary Archived. Perfect. It's a very low key day today. It was. It's very, it's like, look, I actually, I thought like what, one thing that I found to be true is that a lot of times we end up getting to the most interesting parts of discussions later in the show. Like I never make the right points about a topic until like a super chat. Mm-hmm. gets mentioned about it like a topic and a half later and then I'm like I sure I wish I'd come up with that during that discussion point I Me feel too. like we could have done this like we could have like uh, framed the Taylor Swift thing as to like what is the benefit of being in a relationship when you're that famous and you've got so much of your career riding on the fact that you make songs about men that disappoint you well, like she, she will be able to have a whole second half of her career when she makes an album about maybe I'm the problem like, I mean, she did that already. Well, she's going to have to do it said, again. She, she said, like, she's the anti-hero. Does she believe that or is she just paying lip service? Do you think she actually believes? Do you, do you think there's any actual introspection that's gone on there? Uh, no. no. Not <laughs> at all. It's all a business. All of it's a business, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Brett Dasovic on both platforms. There's one more for you there. 
from uh, Carnell. It hasn't shown up for me. Says, for Mary's Astro Boy Boot Fund. Oh, I also saw something. Oh, what did I see recently? I saw somebody did like a, they did Astro Boy boots, but they were like, um, but they were like Timberlands. It was like Astro Boy Timberlands. No. It was, yeah, it was awful. Very, very awful. Still want my Astro Boy boots, though. You have to get a pair at some point. Uh, yeah. All right. All right, guys. Monday through Friday, the show is here. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is New Pacific. One more, Mary. What? Uh, Page the, the Mix said, best horror thrasher movie ever. You ready for this? Thanks, Killing. I've never seen it. Never heard of that. Never seen it. All right. Uh, are, are we done? Are we going to get interrupted anymore? You can keep no. interrupting me if you want. You guys can keep interrupting me. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. We are here Monday through Friday. If you'd like to listen to this podcast rather than watch, we are on Amazon Music. We're on Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. And if you'd like to follow the show on social media, we are on Twitter, at PopCulture underscore show. We are on Facebook and TikTok, at PopCultureCrisis. And we're on Instagram, at PopCultureCrisisPod. We'll We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Later.